Hey, I'm Johnny Lynch. I'm here with Glennon and our good friend Aiden. We're here to examine how tropes bleed across movies, video games, and TV shows. In this episode, we look at serial killers and crime. Welcome to Dystropia. Of all the people to like stand up and object just for the crack, yeah, thought Dave would have, but he didn't. No. I was actually very impressed. No, it was. I was like, no, I'm not gonna, like. I told you, it's like I wouldn't fuck with you until after the after after the speeches. Oh yeah, and actually, then you did say that to me. You're like, no, I can fuck with you, and I started panicking. I was like, well, <laughs> Just lighting candles, leaving them for right, I'd, I'd, I'd also I'd, I'd also like done these like cards. Oh yeah. So she'd asked me to do these cards that were like. um it was the, it was the, I need you to design something because you know Photoshop. Something I'm sure you're familiar with. Yes, yes. And, um, I, I also know Photoshop. It's just, I don't ever want to have to do something like that. Yeah. So I was like, pressure. okay, get on Skype, share screen. Okay, this is what I'm doing. Tell me if I'm doing this wrong. And we were doing it. And then I was like, I think it was the, after the speech she came over and I was like, did you find the dick I hid in the thing? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, there isn't one. I'm just, you know, <laughs> you have to start messing with your life. I did my brother's tattoo. He's got a big tattoo of a Celtic cross on his back. Yeah. And like, it's got a lot of little kind of curly form and lots of little stuff in it. And I, I gave it to him and he just sat and studied it for six minutes. He was like, so there's no dicks in here. And I was like, exactly, there's none. And he was like, so that's it. And I was like, but that's the thing. The first version I gave you didn't have any dicks. And he was like, cool. I was like, what do you mean the first version? And he was like, you're going to drive yourself mental over this. And you're going to assume there is a dick and make me redo it. <laughs> He's like staring at it, like him and three friends spending another eight minutes staring at this thing going, is that a dick? That's kind of long. He's like, what's your dick look like? <laughs> it's like, where's Wally? Yeah, where's God. Willy? Where's Willy? Bryce? Right, on that note, shall, yeah, we, yeah. shall we kick off? I'm sure we should. Um, fantastic. So, episode... <coughs> yeah, it was whatever. Yes, yeah, so whatever order. Probably Fine. the first episode of New Year, and... Uh, yeah. Appropriately, I'm quite hungover. That's kind of fun. Well, you it's know. important. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, crime and serial killers. And we're joined by eighteen of no particular fame. At last few. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Over the last few, uh, over the last few episodes, it's always been like someone who's who's involved in another podcast yeah. or a website or something. Here's my friend with no admirable qualities. Yes. Actually, for, former for, uh, Pro Tour Dublin champion. When we both worked at Pro Tour for uh, I've won Manchester many Pro Tours. This is sorry. Yeah, this yeah. is golf, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they they do a rehearsal before it opens up on the Sunday, which is like the, it's a, it's four day event. Sunday's the last day, and it's like this is magic for anyone who's not this. Yeah, magic. Sorry, yeah, magic the gathering. Um, and they do a rehearsal on, you know, the the giving announcing the the winners and mm. the awards. And, like, and so, I would elbow my way to the front every time because I knew that was the only way I would ever win a pro tour. So I was the, like, I have to stand in for this. The, the Dublin one, the first one we did, it was myself and Aideen and they were like, okay, so so Glennon, you're going to be in second place and then Aideen, you're going to be winner. Like, all right. And then like uh, Rich Hagen um, doing the announcement, he's like, and in second place, Gabriel Byrne. And I'm like, I fucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to do the whole walking up and then he, you know, and I'm like, and shaking hands and looking at the camera just to practice it and then like you know getting so the trophy yeah there's I didn't pictures want to of you with the, with the with the with the trophy like um so yes of some fame mm. of some fame of some <laughs> my only claim to fame I used to do pro tours oh. I have a great picture of me dressed entirely as Riker from Next Gen and holding the Seven Nations trophy 
Uh, I don't know why they both came together like that, but I love sharing that picture because it divides people as to what they notice first. People are like, are you Riker? And I was like, I like you. It's like, is that the Seven Nations Trophy? We're not going to get on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do sports. You should just, you should just like laminate that photo and bring it out with you. Yeah, like, exactly. Which of these two things do you notice first? What do you first? Just... Yeah, sorry, we can't actually talk. So we're all shit. test. Exactly. I do actually uh, quite like rugby. I, I, I love the... Uh, no, really, like you're saying, I don't do sports. And then, like, and yet, there's your brother. Yes. Who is sports. He is sports, absolutely. Yeah. What sports does your brother do? He's, he's over in America teaching soccer ball to the Yanks. Oh my god, I actually know someone who does that as mm. well, from England. That's interesting. He, the first time he went over to America, uh, he was working with, like, four British lads, all, like, Birmingham lads, because just yeah. a lot of British lads go over. So he went to America, he went to California, and came back with a British accent. And we ripped the piss out of him. Oh, like, all right, mate. He's like, who's your mate? Who are you calling mate? What's this? This is fucking crazy. It's like the most far west Brit ever. Yes. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, it's really hard to um, keep your accent when you move to the States, but mm. not to to get a British one. That's yes. kind of, it's and different. We, we used to send him over tea bags, and it was like cigarettes in prison. Because he was like, all the British lads, you could get them to do favours for him by giving them a tea bag from Ireland. Oh my God. Everyone used to send me Lions tea bags, and I couldn't drink. I just, I don't like dairy products in America right, yeah, at all. Like, you cannot, like, I went through through all the different types of milk just trying to have tea and just no mm. epic fail but that's not really why we're here with such <laughs> yeah, but it is a crime <laughs> it is there you so, go some American Ooh. food like is crime um, and some American food I'd kill people for um, mm. so yeah so this just took a turn well, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting um, so yeah so uh, crime serial killers originally we were going to do true crime and then I realised I was like trying to find a true crime game it's just not going to no. work out at all yeah. that's like there's maybe like you know unless you're one of those people who think Slenderman is real. There actually, did you see the movie trailer for that yet? The movie trailer, the Netflix documentary, or is there a movie? No, no movie. Oh right. Yeah, no, well, I, I think it's a movie. There was a trailer released. I think it was on. I saw it on Facebook yesterday. But uh, either way, I, I didn't watch the trailer because it scared me enough. Just the first like three or four seconds, I was like, no, I'm good. Can't watch this. I, I, are you the person that they put in those stupid micro trailers at the start of trailers for? Yes. Where you get the, the, the three, three second seconds and I'm like, I'll never watch this trailer. It's like, it, it's something I've noticed. And I said, far as like, do don't remember? give me a trailer for a trailer at the start of the fucking trailer. That's yeah. stupid. Like. Do you not remember when I rang you after my housemates in college made me watch the Texas Chainsaw Mask? I ran you crying. I was oh. like, I can't sleep. I can't do anything. Like someone with a chainsaw is definitely going to show up in a minute. Like it was, oh. Hey, Bert, do you like when you walk your mask? I brought my friend Louise to see the new It movie. Oh with, my God. With my friend Lana. And Why? Lana is Ukrainian. She like she doesn't like decadence. She doesn't like. She she she, she thinks doesn't like decadence. She looks at me and goes, "You are with your yes. comfort." She she like she leans into it so much and does the whole like thing. Like she look at me doing something and go like putting milk in my tea. And she's like, "You are weak. <laughs> <laughs> you need dairy. No, you need beets." But uh, we both watched it, staring at Louise. We sat her in the middle and both just turned to her and watched her. She's the most scared person I've ever seen. Like the kids would walk past a river, just like, oh my god, a river! Oh god, what could be in there? Just like, freaking out. I, she just like, realized. Oh, sorry, I just realized. Aileen does have some fame related to the podcast. Aileen is the friend that I went to see Batman, uh, the Dark Knight oh, Rises right. with. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, and I mentioned that the spoiler thing, where there was like the two greatest examples of spoiler was when, our, a Ken from from Nerdy did the whole uh, like pretended to not realize you were behind him and and quote unquote gave away the ending. Um, and then also the way Dave Murphy talks to him mm-hmm. where about Game of Thrones where he tells him two, th- uh, two lies and truth yep. about like spoilers for five years straight. So, so yeah, so, so there is actual previous context. Yeah, okay. I'm um, famous. That's what yeah. you're telling me. I'm there famous. Yeah. We have tens of listeners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, 
so crime, serial killers. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to see what people actually focused on. Can we can we just start with? <laughs> I have a, a slight confession to make. Go so on. in my weird You're a serial killer. I am. No, no, no. <laughs> I, no. Yes and. Yes and, but no. <laughs> um. So for someone who hates getting scared, it's it's the weirdest thing in the world. Before I go to sleep every night, I will watch a prison documentary, um, some kind of serial killer documentary. It's just like a. a it's a weird. It's just it, it's just like a this. Oh, look at how good I have it. Nice. No. Uh, no, I think it's just like morbid curiosity because I could never imagine ever wanting to A, do most of these things. I say most. Most. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen them all. Like, there might be something <laughs> that I've seen. You finally see the crime that you like. You're like, oh, there it is. I'm we looking for the, the right type Absolutely. of crime. Um, but no, I think it's just, I also, I just, I, I really like the justice being done aspect of it. It makes me feel safe. I'm like, oh, I can I, sleep now. That person's in prison. And Nate will be like, they're not real. This is a character like, but they're in prison. Yes, justice is served. Um, no, I th- I'm wearing the My Favourite Murder t-shirt and I love that yes. podcast. And it is that kind of thing of like, if people are kind of scaredy people anyway, yeah. it gets to reinforce them and be kind of like, you're right to be scared. Exactly. Like, oh, shit. And ah. then there's a little bit of justice at the end or a little bit of like, this is why they did it or they were caught or anything like that. It's like, yes, the world has order. This is fine. All is well. But like, it, it's weird because you can always find an aspect of a story that you can relate to normal life. Like myself and Dave were in Bus Aaron before and oh there was God. this really creepy guy taking photographs of To him. be fair, he didn't look creepy until like he was a guy in a three piece suit with a trench coat and a briefcase and he all that. He likes rest. decadence. And hmm. it, he looked perfectly normal up until the point where he took a photo of Aiden. But like had but, his camera his sound on, flash on, so me and Dave were both just like, what the hell? Like what what was the point of this? I'll be honest, I assumed he was taking a picture of me. I yeah, did too at the I start. I, you know, I mean, who wouldn't? Look at him. Magical. Um, but no, I'm, like, I just went over to him and just completely confronted him because I was really freaked out at this point. Because, well, to be fair, it wasn't only one photo and he was kind of angling the, the camera down. Mm. I was wearing, like, shorts at the time. I don't even have nice legs. I'm just going to put that out there because people are listening. But um, You just have long legs because you're, like, 14 foot tall. <laughs> I'll check out wiki feet later and see. No. <laughs> no wonder I fall over so much. <laughs> I just get tra- trapped in my own legs. But no, um Trapped I, in my own legs. Trapped in my own legs. <laughs> oh, but she <God>. <laughs> sounds so weird. But but we confronted this guy because it was just so To bizarre. be fair, you confronted him. I just stood there, we were getting ready to pull you off if you get, if you jumped on him and started hitting him. Because I was angrily telling him to delete to delete the photos and he wouldn't. So then I started taking pictures of him. And then I had to go and get on my bus and just like was completely freaking out. And then I was watching some episode of Law and Order at one point and uh, a man was taking pictures of girls in a train station. And I was like, this is real stuff. People do this. <laughs> that was me. I was there. <laughs> but wasn't. That's, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm very strange. No, that's no, it's fine. That's fine. I think you're now nowhere near as strange as the guy taking pictures of you yes. randomly in a bus station. Yeah. Oh, that's so, weird. But yeah, and, and it was... The, like after I remember you going over to him and you were like delete that and you, oh, I, 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 I didn't do anything I didn't do anything and she's like yeah we heard you delete it and he's like she took the phone out jammed it in his face took a picture and go now I know what you look like and he just kind of turned around and ran off he, like he ran off and, I, and you were like she said he's hiding the toilet so I was like he's in there pulling the stomach out of himself like, shut up shut up <laughs> but he was like I would have guessed like 40s 50s it was just I think I was 18, 17, 18 at the time? Or, no, sorry, no, no it would have been 19, 1920. Yeah. yeah, but it, it was just so weird. Um, I, I also used to regularly ring Dave because if I was waiting for the bus by myself at Bus Aaron at like midnight, like Dave would come and wait with me because I would just get I'd so. Be, I'm going to get my bus from Bus Aaron as well. 
mm. purpose to go first. So he left his tank the by himself. So now, like it's, it's um, it'd be being playing magic in a in gamers world up on Jervis, and they'd be like, that would close about half ten. We head down. She got her bus. I got mine. But it would always be the case. It'd be the odd night where I wouldn't make it in, mm-hmm. just for whatever reason, the college or whatever, and then like get the phone call going. Yeah, I just want people to think I I know people. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, just pretend we're having a great, interesting conversation, yes. that like, I'm gonna see you in five minutes at this designated meeting point in yeah. five minutes. Like, yeah. yeah. Get very the voice going around. Yeah, yeah, no. There's just somewhere people are. So I'll see you there very shortly. Yeah. I'm on the way. I'm like, yeah. They're, You're coming. They're from, totally buying that. You're coming from your jujitsu and swordplay class. Well, bring all your stuff and your friends. <laughs> Absolutely. It's important. Yeah. You have to. You have to look like you know where you're going, and you have a, a purpose. That is my absolute just philosophy through life. Is always look like I know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, film. Film. Johnny, Johnny, what's your what's your crime film? Seven. Seven. See, this is the thing. Ah, I I Did was I literally was... no, I was going to go with that, and that, like up until last night, I was like, I have to do seven, and then yeah. I changed my mind. This is the thing. I'm, I'm what I'm most interested about this is whether people were picking ones where it focuses more on the killer or more on the process of catching the killer, yeah, or or or, or the criminal, not always necessarily like so, killers, but yeah. I have a film where it's catching a uh, criminal. I think I've got games, lots of games examples allow you to be the killer and like that's the kind of thing because that's unique to games you can kind of do that and then I've picked a TV show where it's half and half yeah. okay. oddly um, but uh, Seven I'll first of all say that 1995 94-95 was a great year for serial killer movies and stuff like that because I was going to do Natural Born Killers I was three I just want to point that out were you three when that came out? I was three when this came I was like, wait, did I see seven when it came out? No, because no, I, was, I was three no, no. Uh, and there was a fantastic movie called Citizen X uh, which is about a Russian killer who's killing people at train stations and stuff like that. And it's it starts off as a movie about a killer, but it becomes a movie about how shit it was under the Soviet regime because they couldn't tell anybody that there was a killer because they couldn't have this idea that there were even serial killers in the country. What's his name? Was that? Uh, Chikatilo. Go on. Andrei Chikatilo. He was, he's considered like one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. Um, he's, uh, he was Russian, but the thing was the, the Russian government at the time like when he was active I yes. couldn't believe that there was yeah 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 they were like, it it's an American thing it's, yes, not, it's, not, it's exactly. not something we have here um, and it's a fantastic movie it's Stephen Ree Donald Sutherland um, I think it was Jeffrey Damon who was Andre Chikatilo and it was like oh it's about him it is 100% about him that's what it is oh, yeah. um, I'll have to watch this uh, it's really 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 good and it's like about them when they get a task force together to actually start hunting him mm-hmm. um, it's like 80 something kills or something like that yeah well, it's like he's considered like the most prolific of all time it could easily be but once they got the task force together the guys would then use it to go and hunt gay lads because they're like yeah we've an organised force and we want to get rid of some of the undesirables but the detective who's trying to catch him is like no we have to catch this killer and they, some of them won't even believe they're the killer yeah. that's um, insane and it's about how under a shitty regime this guy could flourish and that nobody could actually catch him. Um, but anyway, that's a fantastic one for 1995, bit of a cult kind of one. The one I want to talk about is Seven, and the reason I want to talk about it is I think it just informs a lot of crime stuff and a lot of serial killer stuff, movies, and even now TV shows that came after it. Um, I think it's a movie that's just made up of really, really nice set pieces and like kind of scenes, and because they've got the seven sins to go through, mm-hmm. they can do a really nice set piece for each, and everyone, like, there's these images burned into your head of the gluttony guy with his head down on the table, and the sloth, you go in and see the, the bed, and it's Dr. Cox from Scrubs as the lead um, the lead uh, SWAT team guy coming yeah. in. John C. McGinley. Yeah. Which is oh my God, I didn't even realise that was him. It was yeah, Dr. Cox. That's the thing. I, I, a lot of people were like, oh, it's weird seeing him play 
not Dr. Cox. For yeah. me, it was weird seeing him play a doctor. Because I knew him from The Rock, where he's a SWAT guy. Yeah. Oh, he's Special Forces. He's in that. He's in... Not Robocop. Or, no, maybe not Robocop, but no. something else like that. It's not Platoon. It might be... It's not Born on the 4th of July, is it? He, or Full Metal Jacket. He's in one of those, like, uh, Vietnam war films, where he's, like, a sergeant. Mm. And, like, so I knew him from all these, like, military films. Mm. Yeah. And, like, and then it was, like, he can do comedy. Yeah. You know? So... I didn't even realise that was him. Bubble burst. Yeah, it's such it's such a weird one to go back and see it. Uh, there's one he does whistles in another one as well where he's doing the swatting thing and he starts getting guys to move along. He's like doing that. That's uh, the rock. That's the rock. Yeah, and he does it in scrolls. Not Dwayne well. Johnson. He's not in Dwayne no, Johnson. No, of course. No. Uh, that's a very specific type of fanfic. <laughs> I have that DVD. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, as in the 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 Michael Bay film The Rock with um with yeah uh, Sean Connery. Yes. And Nicolas Cage. Um. But yeah, there's loads of people in that. Ed Harris is in that as well. Do you yeah. like Nicolas Cage? I yes. Do you like because Nicolas Cage? I can watch when Nicolas Cage is good in films, he's amazing, and when he's bad in films, that's the perfect thing to watch when you're hungover because you're like, someone had to make this film, someone had to edit this film. That person <laughs> suffers more, suffered yeah. more than I'm suffering right now. I I like Nicolas Cage the same way I like Miley Cyrus in that. I'm like, someone should be doing that. Someone should be out there doing that shit. Like, if it's them, that's fine. Because yeah. Until so someone come, better comes along, he's like, who wants to do the over-the-top bullshit? I'm like, yeah, he, he, someone me, should. he puts me off things. I'm like, oh, this movie... Nah, yeah, Cage. I know a lot of people yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. Um, on the... Back to the movie 7. Um, I watched it, like, when I was quite young. I just... Even when I was young, I knew the kind of... There's a, an attention to detail in it. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. Every single murder scene has lots of little bits in it that you can kind of... You can start picking it out. And as you sitting at home or doing a little bit of detective work... And they were saying that, like, for the killer's apartment, for John Doe's apartment, mm-hmm. they had all these books and stuff on the walls. But they made it real. They had someone sit and write books for two months mm-hmm. to have all these crazy ramblings up on the shelves with the idea that the, the detectives could go in and take anything down and do anything. And it would look real yeah, because... It doesn't the, have to be directed. It's just yeah. two or three guys with cameras and go go through this as if you're a detective looking at it. Brilliant. And it means that there's a bit where Morgan Freeman has a, a lot of photos out and they're talking and they're going through crime photos and he's making a little, he's trying to put them into groups and stuff. Uh, and they're like, great, let's do it again from another angle. And he's like, oh, I don't know what I did. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I was literally, that wasn't rehearsed. I was, this is the first time of me seeing these pictures. I was trying to find the grouping. So he had to put everything back in, shuffle it and try to remember what he was doing. Because he was literally like taking out the photos going, all right, these ones go together. These ones, um, there's a lot, a lot of kind of attention to detail. And uh in terms of like the stylishness of it, it's that really there's a, a kind of a I think I said in a previous um, podcast that they did crazy stuff to the film as well. They did bleach bypass that like leaves the silver in to make the darks darker and the brights brighter. Yeah, it's, it's the particularly at the start, the thing is bleached out a ton, mm. um, and then it's like it's nearly always raining. Yes. Yeah, it's it's such a bleak film, but it also it it very much leaves you with that pit of dread in your stomach mm. while you're watching it. The entire time I watched that movie, like the first time. I was so uneasy the the entire way through. I was like, I want this person to be caught. I know this this yep. has to get resolved some way. But even like when you get to the end, you still feel uneasy. You're like, this is so lifelike. It's so tr- yep. it's so real. And the way that it it's shot, it does it involves you as the watcher because you are starting to do detective work with the, them. And the thing is, I found it is like you're counting. Yeah. So right up until the bit where the John Doe walks into the police station. Yep. You're still going. There's two to go. There's still a while there. Somerset. Yeah, yeah. But you're like, there's, there's, there's still two to go. We're gonna be here a while. Exactly. And I'm interested. You just don't expect that. Yeah, and like, 
and and obviously spoilers with these and all the rest. Like I love the fact that um you know, uh that what's his name, uh, David no, David Fincher was so prescient in the going like even back then. Well, I'm not putting Spacey's name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, <laughs> the, that's the, why. I, by the way, I decided to not do so. Is that I, right? like, I yeah. don't want to talk about Kevin Spacey, but it's fine. But yeah, but but like the, the fact that he he insisted that his name shouldn't be on the poster mm. and it shouldn't be on the it shouldn't be in the trailer and it shouldn't be on the the credits or anything like that. That I, I like, because he like he read the script and he knew this will have more impact. Yes, I think so. I, I was reading kind of about the the making of the film before uh, kind of recording today, and they were saying that like David Fincher was coming from Aliens Three and he'd spent two years not making films and hated film at this stage, yeah. and he was saying Brad Pitt was coming from. Legends of the Fall? Is that the name of the movie? Where he was shirtless and heartthrob. That doesn't narrow it down. No, I was no. like, that's every rap. Well, they, he's not shirtless in this movie. He was basically, he was like, I don't want to take my shirt off. And they were like, all right, Brad. No, the, the closest it gets is he has a shirt open while he's shaving his chest from yes. the wire. Yes, actually, that's true. Um, but they were all saying, like, this isn't the movie that we're going to be remembered for, but this is the movie we can all be proud of. And I think they all just got into that mindset where they're like, okay, we'll all make something really interesting and we can kind of look back and go, that was cool, right? Um, and I think it does show through. And again, with it in, informing stuff that came after it, it's got like the theme killer. Yeah. And I watched all the CSIs and Bones and stuff. I love the yeah. procedural kind of cop drama stuff. And I love every big season has a theme killer, has somebody who's doing something that's like, oh, he buries his people underground. To be fair. Yeah. So he does that. To be fair, CSI didn't bring that in. The original CSI didn't bring that into like season six or something. Mm. That for a long time, they I, didn't have any type of like yeah. ongoing. It was just very much week on week new new episode new episode and it, it like I was surprised it took them that long before they introduced one I, I genuinely think it was around 2010 onwards that we started seeing that stuff and then things like Hannibal and Dexter and shows that were about these theme killers mm-hmm. they were just about these theme killers mm-hmm. but it, even things like Hannibal and Dexter and even now I'm watching Dark and The Fall and The Killing um, they all have the, a little bit of a Seven style and I can always tell by the intro if they've got the, the kind of the same pedigree as, as Seven because the intro to Seven was done by a guy called Kyle Cooper and he did he saw how much effort was going into the movie and he hand wrote every single uh, intro credit and he spent he went off with like the the what do you call it when you have a, a second set the B camera the B, uh, the B footage B the, the B unit yeah. went off and basically filmed the opening and it was like opening is nothing you just that's a throwaway thing and they filmed so much for that opening sequence and they filmed the guys writing the books they filmed the guys sitting doing all the props and stuff and then that's that footage of like a killer putting stuff together. Um, and as you're going through, it's like all that harsh cuts of shocking imagery. And you see it like it's, it's something that is, um, the guy who did it, Kyle Cooper, is the guy who does then The Walking Dead and Hannibal and all the actual intros. They just keep using them over and over again. He did the Marvel one of all the comics flipping. Yeah. Um, and he literally didn't do it with computers. He filmed a load of comic pages flipping and then cut them together in a way that looked really badass. Like the... the I have to say, just like on the, you just mentioned Hannibal there, and I just realised that while thinking of going over this, I don't, I don't think of Hannibal as a crime series because yeah. it's just too arty. And now oh, we yeah. talked before about how I absolutely fucking adore that series, and visually its style, like it's that whole mm. people come down on either this is grotesque when they see the food preparation and stuff, or this is amazing looking, and it's like. Yeah, it, it doesn't even register as crime anymore because the crime is the background to that yeah, yeah. show. It's all about the, the characters and how they interact. It's, but 
What? Sorry, it's just a, this weird thing. It's just I was like, actually, I, yeah, how did I not even think of that? I very nearly did Snatch because it's like, you know, Crime Caper. Yes. But I think Crime Caper completely is its own separate thing. I just love, I love that. As I know it's not serial killers, but it's the one that jumps to mind for me for crime. But I love the, a Caper movie like The Big Lebowski or something like that it's as a, well separately. It's interesting. You mentioned Snatch. I was looking at it and it's like, it's the only, well, it's one of the only crime films I can think of where you never see a police officer. Police don't show up in that thing at all. Do they not? No. Oh yeah, I, in my mind there's a bit where the police come and pick up someone from the bookies, but it's not. It's the they hired goons. There's there's no police, hired and that's very unusual for a crime film where you don't at least see. Actually, really cool. A, yeah. a, like a guy, a patrolman, or you know, yeah. a guy, a guy walking the beat or anything. You don't see any of it. There's no presence of law in that at all. That's because brilliant. it's all about the law of the underworld. Yeah, Bricktop is the law, but then it's the the law of the Kikis, and it's so it's they like it's the law of those different groups within it. That's really good. And people understanding the laws of it, and and like that's like um, uh, like Turkish's like dialogue is the whole him explaining the rules of the underworld. Mm. So that's why there's no presence of, um, of law enforcement in the whole film. Mm. Interesting. It's just it's a weird. It was one that I I did think about, but I was like. Because it is that weird thing, but it's I think I think that comes off better as like you're saying a caper or a comedy. Yeah. Whereas the majority of um, the majority of crime films um, usually have a bit of both sides. They mm-hmm. have the the cops and the bad yeah. guys. You don't just have one all the way through and then the last two minutes. Oh, it was him! Ah, or, yeah. oh no, shit! The 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 popo. Let's run like it's. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's there's more of like the interplay it's the, it's the cat and mouse that keep people interested so just have an image of like Al Pacino and Heat going it's the popo <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that, it's quite interesting though because when you think about it with, with regards to Snatch like realistically who do these people fear the most is it other people in the underworld or is it the guards or is it the oh, police yeah. so it, it makes perfect sense that they wouldn't be a feature the, in that the guards yeah. are like an acu- occupational hazard oh my whereas God, like, the other people, the yeah, people are yeah you quite with. happily run over to a guy and be like arrest me because these guys are going to kill me yeah, like, yeah. straight up like, so yeah that's really funny that's there's, interesting uh, just uh, uh, um, before we move off 7 there's two things that I love about 7 that I recommend people check online this is my version of homework since it's normal, I never, normally don't do it if you look up the 7 recut trailer where someone has recut it recut uh, footage and changed the music to make it look like a romantic comedy no. about Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman's <laughs> no. character falling in love so there's the whole bit where it's like it, uh, it's that song it's like, I don't want to wait like he's playing and it's like and it's the you know the bit where like the parent were on the couch and like Brad Pitt's character is like leaning on Morgan Freeman's character asleep yeah. and then like them having dinner and laughing around the dinner table and then it's like the, them like you know buttoning up their shirts after putting the words on and like he's like my wife's gonna start asking what I'm doing like, and it's, but it's like it's, and it's and they've redone the voiceover the other one is the promotional trailer for the uh, Radiohead album um, In Rainbows. Right. Was done by Adam Buxton. Right. Oh, really? And uh, Tom York. Right. And it uses footage from... Um, it uses the footage from the end of the What's in the Box, right? Yeah. So it's like him taking it... It's the, the, the them standing out in the middle of the, the desert and then they're like it's them just looking off as the, the van's driving up. That's the van sort of really like under really low audio. You can hear the, the start of uh fifteen step. The song is like and it, and it's getting closer and closer. And the guy opens the back of the truck and it gets slightly louder, but it's muffled. And then like it's you see uh Morgan Freeman's character looking at the box, 
and he opens it and as he opens it the thing gets louder <laughs> and then he looks in and it's just Tom York's head and a load of packing foam and he starts singing at him and then he's just like and then it cuts back to Morgan Freeman and it comes back <laughs> in and then he just and then he finishes into the first verse and he just smiles at him and he like closes the box again and then it just cuts to him and he's like what's in the box <laughs> and it, it's like one of the best promotional things I've ever seen that's amazing but it's just it's oh, it's great. like these we'll two amazingly light hearted pieces that have come out of this film of dark gritty like noir like it's brilliant it's it's one of the most parody thing ever and Adam and Joe used to do it back in the day I was saying Adam Buxton like and, yeah um, Stuart Lee and Richard Herring used to do versions of it yeah and they used to like they used to every sketch show in the world did their own version of What's the Box it's because it's the ending is so recognisable yeah the, just out in the middle of nowhere with the power lines and the the two guys and the, the two detectives the guy in the orange jumpsuit the van it's just it's it's an iconic scene. It's just one of those things that people can instantly go, that's from sad. I feel like if anybody in the world turned around to someone else and started screaming what's in the box, you'd, you know. Yeah. At what point did you know what was in the box, actually? Well, it's never explicitly said. No, but you, you do know. I think it's he... No, it's... Uh, John Doe says it. Yeah, John Doe says it's her head. Yeah, it took her pretty head. Yeah. But it's... And like, he's like, is it her, is it her? And he's like, don't look at it, don't look at it. And it's just like... Yeah, I... I, I um, but it's like that. It's such a it's such a recognizable scene. But I mean, like for you personally, when you were watching the movie, at what point did you kind of go, "Oh my god, it's going to be this"? Well, that's the thing. I was going, "What's in the box?" Myself, and then yeah. I was like, I took her head, head, and I'm like, "Oh, that's fucked up." Oh, I was I was like full on immediately thinking it's going to be your head because well, I was like, "What else would come in a box that size?" Yeah. I was like, "That's the only plausible thing that I could think of when the box came out of the truck." I was like, "It's going to be his wife's head." The moment I knew for sure is that like because. Morgan Freeman's character is unflappable. He's you know he's two days away from retirement. He's seen everything, and there's a like there's points where he's uh, cutting between him and a metronome with yeah. the idea of like measured patience. Like this is his theme. Yeah. yeah. And when he opens the box, he flinches. Mm-hmm. David flinches, and he <laughs> he um, he flinches, but he just trembles for a second, and he starts doing stuff with his hands, and he starts yeah, going, I don't know, I don't know. Head, I and I was like, oh fuck, it's her head. Like that's a hundred percent. There's yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like yeah, the, the, those two, those two, uh, those two videos, I'd recommend them. It's the the Seven Rico trailer and the promo promo video for uh, In Rainbows. I I love Rico trailers. I like think this is Dead Fire one. Yeah, the Mrs. Dead Fire one is like super sinister. It's amazing. It's, it's, have you seen it? It, tur- of course. it turns it into like a horror story, whereas like Mrs. Dead Fire is actually a serial killer. Yeah, it turns it into just... into like single white female or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. it's like. You know, like to get close to the family, and it's like and it's oh when it when it cuts to her like she's up on the second floor of the house like looking down and, and, and oh, like out the window just, and it's just so creepy. It just changes just like, it. Like I couldn't watch that movie for a while after I saw that. I was like, <laughs> no, it's it's just gonna taint it for me now. So that's fantastic. Well, Aiden, what would your film be? My film is the girl with the dragon tattoo, also oh, the nice. David Fincher one, the mm. twenty eleven version. Um, just because, I I just love that movie because the entire time, I thought. Spoiler alert, Harriet was dead. I was like, there's mm. no way this girl's alive. Like, this is not how this is going to end. Mm. And for me, the the weirdest serial killer aspect, but probably not, is the fact that it was Martin Wagner's dad that he was killing all these women mm. first. And then Martin just, like, takes his place. It's such a, a, a weird kind of... Oh, uh, what's it called again? There's a, there's a specific... There, it, there is a term for it, but I don't yeah. know. It's something to do with replacement but it's just because of obviously what had happened to Harriet and Martin when they were kids they were hereditary hereditary serial killer that little gene that you have my, father, you know? my father's father <laughs> I'd like to follow his he was killing saloon girls in the 1920s ah <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
it's yeah it's just you know it's because of what happened to Harriet and Martin and you're kind of going well all this horrible stuff happened to Harriet and she turned into this perfectly normal person to an extent like yeah. whereas Martin just flips like he is just his dad reincarnated but worse and it's mm. just he is quite a likable person when you're watching the film like for the yeah. up until the end like I actually had no idea that he was this horrible person there was nothing gave it away it was mm. such a horrible moment for me like when I realised it was going to be him because I was kind of rooting for him I was like oh he's going to help him this is brilliant no hate that guy movies do that really well of the big reveal of like this person was the killer because in 90 minutes you have exactly the right arc to um, to swing it completely yeah basically say this guy's perfectly normal or just hide him kind of hide him plain sight it's really jarring when it's TV shows that do it because you've watched episodes and episodes and it just feels so cheap and schlocky yeah I can think of an example that 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 they've done it where they've uh, well they flipped it one of the best examples of predating it mm. um, was in film and again it's never occurs to people it's um, To Kill a Mockingbird Boo Radley is set up as being so weird yes and so odd and what oh and mm. then like and then there, there was like oh there was you know there's a big there's a crime happened and, but it, and then like it instantly casts doubt over the who they who they've things so you're like Oh shit! Is that what this this weirdo next door is then? And like, and it turns out no, he's the most normal guy in the world. Like, it's just he's quiet. And I, I, I that for me always stuck out. Like, I remember like reading that when I was like thirteen or something in school, and I was like, they're doing the whole mystery. They're doing yeah. the mm-hmm. like in film like that they have. It's like that's yeah. what, that's what this is. This is like the original one that I, can I think. think Misdirect is so important in movies though, because without it, like, I would get so bored. I don't know. Like, it, it, like, like for me, it's just if I know if I know the whole time. It's just not enjoyable. Like I like being surprised. I love that that shock element to movies. It's like the first time I watched <coughs> Saw, I had no idea that he was just going to get off the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like it was amazing. The, that was that was quite a good surprise. The really bad surprise in Saw was the seven films that came after. Oh, you know that that should have never. I'm like that 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 should have been very much a one and done. Yes. yes. So like that, the first movie is amazing. It's one of those. And films, then after that, it's just why would you do this? That's the thing. I think it's lost so much because it's been. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. it's being hammered out. It's like it just told him Bella you need this money. <laughs> you really need the money. Oh, but God. the um yeah, the, the the that kind of surprise at the end of uh, Girl of the Dragon Tattoo. And not only that, like that it's set up like it literally could have been anyone because you get the whole family history and like there's a Nazi, mm. there's the alcoholic, like there's just so many people and it's it's very much a who done it mystery. That, like yeah, it's just so it just involves I, you. I think kind of fine when it was doing that when it was Oh, but this guy's this guy's horrible, and so is this guy. Oh, this guy! And I'm like, you're kind of giving me too many here. Yeah, this feels yeah. like for you're... me. For me, the Nazi was overkill because I was like, yeah, that's awful. There's a Nazi, but then like you know when Mika goes in to interview him, I'm like, it's this little like old man. He's so feeble. There's no way he's actively like doing this because you mm. you always get the sense that it's still happening, even though you don't see yeah. it. it's not mentioned. You're like. Whoever did this to Harriet, you're like, that has to still be ongoing because that person was never caught. Why would they stop with her? Mm. Um, and I was like, There's, this dude's way too old. There's no way he's physically able to do this. Mm. And then you don't realise like just how many... And like, just when you when you finally find out that it's Martin and he has Mikala like strung up and he's playing Enya. One of my favourite Enya songs, by the way, but it was just such a weird, like stark contrast. It's like, I listen to Enya to relax. So does he, apparently, yeah, but yeah. just in a different way. You know? <laughs> we, all, we all do different things. Some yeah. people read, some people draw. I like that some people put people in cages and kill them. You know. yeah. I like that we've moved on from classical music. It's not not too far, but from like Brahms yeah. or something as the serial killer music. Yeah. It's to Enya. Yeah, to Enya. I like that. I, I was listening to Enya the night before my wedding, like trying to relax. I was like, okay, because I was getting very nervous just 
you know, trying not to think about falling up the aisle or something. And um, I said it to my sister. I was like, oh, you know, I was listening to Enya. And then in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, so did Martin before he tried to kill. Yeah, that was weird. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Anything that's trying to make me relax makes me nervous. I listen to the Silent Hill soundtrack while I'm... I remember coming over Why to Why would you do that before. to yourself? I came over to him work before, and I'm like, yeah, right, he goes, oh, hang on, I should pause this music. I need to pause three separate windows, because you had industrial noises. Yes. Um, white noise white noise and then there was something else it was like screaming or something no I was never screaming but there's screaming. I, I, have I love hearing women scream in the distance <laughs> I, I will listen to people review things in Korean I will listen to industrial sounds and I will listen to white noise or just the sound of a vinyl scratching like it's got to the end of oh, its yeah. um, thing it was, but you had like three things going at once and I was like what are you doing he's like trying to just blot out sound I'm yes. like oh okay like, interesting approach <laughs> If I if I can't pick up on any sound, I can just keep working. But like I will, I'm I'm big up on Korean makeup now because every so often I'll be listening, <laughs> I'll be listening to people doing talking in Korean about things. Like it'll just be Korean music, and then no, 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 Bobby Brown. I was like Bobby Brown. I have to go by find that tab, and she's got a type of makeup. I'm like Bobby Brown makes makeup. Did he just beat the shit out of Whitney Houston? And how do you think he? Wrong Bobby, wrong Bobby Brown turns out. Different Bobby Brown. Yeah, yeah, different Bobby Brown. <laughs> okay. Yeah, girl yeah. brain tattoo. Yeah, that's not one that would have jumped out to me now. It's, it's weird, it's, it was one of those ones that I'd like, I've, I read the books and then the saw the films and all the rest and I was like, yeah, yeah it's pretty much, it's pretty mm. much, I like it. And then, it, I, I don't know, it's, for me, it's a, it's a series that just kind of, unless someone mentions it, it's, it I kind never occurs to me. It's kind of forgettable. Yeah. Mm. I will. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way, like, it's a very good movie, it's a very good, like, they're very good books, um, the Swedish movies are also very good, I just personally prefer the uh, American one. Because you can't read Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just looking at the pictures. Going, I have my cards in Japanese. <laughs> I play Can Swampy you? Man. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh no! But no, it is. It's it's quite forgettable. But at the same time, when you're trying to think of serial killer movies, it's not the first one I thought of either. Because there's mm. there's two serial killers in that. There's the father, and then there's Martin. But like you don't. When you first think of the girl's dragon tattoo, you don't think serial killer movie, but it is. I wonder if it was, not that it's forgettable, but I wonder if it kind of peaked and then fell off because the dude who wrote them died and apparent the story is that Steve. he brought all the manuscripts in at once. So I went, hey, I'm going to these books. And he's like, you wrote three books? And I'm going to go home and just die. It's like, okay, I guess I'll publish all your books. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And there was all like, you know, there's all this, the conspiracy theories about around like him dying and, you know, oh my God, what happened? And, uh, we need Gordo back for that one. Uh, yes, that'd be great. Uh, cool, Glenn. What was your choice? I I just I wanted to quickly mention and we mentioned it before was Brick because it's a very good oh, yes. like, who done it and it's my favorite film of all time good. and it's just is that your favorite film? Yeah. Oh. Um, I thought it would have been like Dirty Dancing or something. Um, we've no, been we've been no, practicing no, the lift. We've been practicing the lift. Me and uh, uh, Footloose. Um, <laughs> really more than Dirty Dancing. It's just Kevin Bacon, superior <laughs> actor. Um, the no the so like Brick is just a very good who done it and it, it because it's that whole detective noir and for a lot of people a lot of people will have never seen any of those old noir style films mm. Mm. and it's not something they're likely to sit down and watch it's not a film type you'll actively seek out because they're 70 years removed at this point uh, and it's not a film type that shows up on TV a lot I th- people should though because they they um, the speech in it is so entertaining yes and uh it just the, the type and i remember like the first time i picked up a raymond chandler book and the character was like you know i was clean shaven and, and uh, sober clean shaven and i don't care who knew it and i was like this is great <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> this yeah. Is hilarious. it's like it, it is very kind of it almost feels like a whole separate culture 
because it's that old but yeah. it, but then again it's kind of they leaned into the whole thing of we can put sound in films now and they mm. just they went hell for letter with the dialogue and some masterful dialogue there but some terrible stuff and the, but like but people it's like anything but like but people know like every, people everyone's heard if you're anyway familiar with like pop culture you know about what a Maltese falcon mm. but most people don't know what the film is they've no idea what it's about and like you know the it, it, so Brick kind of did it it was a very nice nod to that type of uh, film but it's also just a very good film excuse me um, so I just wanted to quickly mention that one the other one was Jack Reacher actually so I love the fact that the Jack Reacher books the only distinguishing feature that they repeatedly mention in the Jack Reacher books is he's how tall he is yeah, it's huge. so of course they get Tom Cruise to play him of course um, every, they have to <laughs> dig hundreds of trenches for every other actor to no, walk in they just in. don't make him that tall yeah. they're just like fuck it don't even don't even lean into it and it's just it's a, it's a very good again it's him trying to um, you know from the very start like the opening montage of the, the guy sniping the five people and you're like okay so something's you know, okay th- this is we're now going this is the guy he's trying to catch mm-hmm. and then but then it's immediately there's a misdirect of like so you see someone else getting wrongfully arrested and accused of this and it's being set up and you're like oh so we're trying to figure out how they set it up and, and who's behind mm-hmm. it all and has Werner Herzog in it and like you know the, the man is nihilism incarnate and it's just eminently watchable some great lines I love the line of like you know you're gonna have to show me he's like oh, I want to see Sandy it's like and you are just get Sandy it's like I'm gonna have to see some. you're gonna have to show me something how about the inside of an ambulance I'm like just <laughs> some of the dialogue in that. and in the second one he, the, the, like he doesn't try and like he looks a bit more ragged yeah and the, the age is starting to hit Tom Cruise but he doesn't try and hide it in the film it's just that's how old he is there's also just the first one does have an eight eight and a half minute car chase where there's not a single bit of music or dialogue. Hmm. And it's one of the best characters. Even when they were filming it, the engine cut out by accident and they just worked it in. Because he's trying to, he's panicking and he's trying to like get the thing going again. But the main one I want to mention is uh, Rashomon. Right. So again, this is another one that most people have never heard of. Never heard of this. What is it? Okay, seven minutes. <laughs> okay, so the Ra- Rashomon is, um, it's, you've at least seen one parody of it, probably more than one. Okay. Uh, it was parodied by The Simpsons. Okay. It was parodied by uh, CSI. Oh, I, I know the name, but I don't so know. So it's an Akira Kurosawa film. Right. From 1950. Okay. okay. So we're going back a while. And the whole idea is it's it's a story from multiple different perspectives and each one has a different version of it. Oh, right. right. The, nice. joke, okay. the joke in The Simpsons is, well, that's not how I remember it. Oh, it's like we were watching Rashomon. And like, well, that's not how I remember it. Yeah. Because that's basically how, how it is. They did it in... So the CSI one was there was a wedding mm. and the car comes out and it's dragging the bride behind the behind the car. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. My wedding went surprisingly well yeah. apparently. Um, <laughs> and then they're interviewing the different people and they're asking them what happened in the lead up and they're each telling a slightly different version of the story mm. as they try and figure it out. And right. that, one was, that one was called Rashomon. No, it was the mother of the bride has been dragged behind it. It's called Rashomon. So this one was Rashomon. So it's, it's about a bandit uh, sorry, a samurai is found dead in the woods. And it's about, uh, there's a trial where they interview a bandit that fought him, the, the samurai's wife, and then the samurai through the, the method of a medium, right? Because it's set in the whatever hundreds, like. And the whole idea is that they each have a different version of what happened. Mm. And the, 
Look, it's one of those films. It, oh, ask the samurai. He's right there. Ask the samurai though. But it's you know what I mean. It's, no, but he's there. He's a ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but they, they use a medium. <laughs> like and then like the, and then it turns out that the 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 and there's also like there's other witnesses, but they're the three main ones. And right. Each one tells their own different version of the story, and then finally the truth comes out at the end. But it's the whole. It's it's a it's a. It's partially unreliable narrator, which I I always I'm a fan of those in films, mm. um, where it's like I can't I don't know who to trust I don't know what's the actual truth here or not, yeah. but just as it's stylistically it was it was a film again it's your man Kurosawa who done so many like big films over the years, and there's a lot of kind of the visual style to it is is very kind of, it was pioneering for the time mm. the, the way his use of light and and all the rest and just, um just the setting and how well it's done and the fact that it's essentially you get three very small films very quickly with the same three characters and yeah, it's also you're getting their own perspectives yeah that's so, really interesting um, it's, it's a really well done film and it's it's one of those things that people might go back and watch it now and they'll be like oh my god I've seen this like 17 times yeah. being referenced so many different ways and so many different shows and films and, and everything else and it's just um, as a crime thing I love it when, like, I stopped watching CSI after about season three or four. I just was kind of like, okay, they're just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, but then I heard, like, oh, they're doing Rashomon episodes. Like, oh, I have to see this now. I have to watch it because I just want to see how they did it. The Simpsons reference was one, I think, the first time I saw that episode was me and four or five of my mates watching it. Something like that. That's how I remember it. And I started laughing and everyone was like, well, why is that funny? And I'm like, it's, don't, don't worry about it. I'll explain later. But it was just, it's one of those great little, um, pieces of filmmaking I think it was one of the first times that they'd done a film where um, like they, it basically created that whole thing where you have the multiple different stories and you're mm. trying to figure out what's what which has since been copied so many times yeah yeah and it, it's it's a narrative device I really really like yeah. and some if I'm watching a movie and they start setting that, that up I'm like oh good I get yeah. it. this is going to be fun because there's always one mental case as well oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you that's, have to have a mental case yeah. but that, that's, it basically starts off in this, the city is Rashomon and it's like it's raining and there's like a guy sitting underneath the gate mm. to the city because the gate's like a couple of feet wide to stay out of the rain and the guy sits down beside him and he's like oh like I, I just was at a, a trial and he basically recounts what happened and he recounts the three versions oh my god he's like the, the narrator at the start of Wuthering Heights the old lady <laughs> and at like a certain point Wuthering Heights you're like is this still an old lady talking yeah. to some random fucking dude yeah. <laughs> there's a great webcomic called um, Hark of Vagrant yes. they, they keep doing like yeah. things for Wuthering Heights but it's like whatever the old lady is called like the dude comes in and goes what's right out there and she just takes a big talk off a joint and he goes sit down and listen to this <laughs> and hands him the joint it's like this long ass story let's think I did the, there's there's um the, the, you just mentioned Harker Vagrant that is probably my favourite webcomic panel of all time it's, it's the great whole, it's the whole thing of like uh, was it Galilee uh, Galilee or Copernicus or whatever it's like what if the earth revolves around the sun uh, orbits the sun like, what if your wife orbits my dick it's like, <laughs> it's what kind of put down is that um, but yeah the, the, uh, Rashomon it's, it's from 1950 it's, it's black and white isn't it black and white I might just be putting black and white on it because most of Kurosawa's films great films are black and white Curse out at Seven Samurai. He mm. did. Um, oh Christ! He's done like Tortora. He's done like this is so many like films that you know. Yojimbo. Yojimbo, mm. which has probably the greatest uh, showdown of all time, mm. because the a lot of westerns were basically samurai films. Yeah, yeah. And there's the whole bit where uh, Yojimbo is about this wandering. Uh, guy. It's it's essentially um, 
uh, Clint Eastwood's character in in everything Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Drifter is a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah. So and he, he goes into a town that's been terrorized, and there's the showdown of high noon, and he walks up, and there's two guys around him, and um, and there's sorry, three guys facing off against him. And you have that. You literally have the swinging saloon doors, and the guys looking over the doors, <laughs> and the tumbleweed, and then it hits noon, and they all go to draw their swords. And you know, Jimbo draws the sword, he kills two of them, and cuts the arm off the third. And he puts the sword away, and he turns around, and he starts walking back down the street. And in the background, you can hear a guy screaming and roaring. This film's like from '54. Hmm. You can hear a guy screaming and roaring. And he looks over at the, the bar maker, the Cooper, and he's like, Cooper, two coffins. And he looks back down the road, and he screams, maybe three. <laughs> and just walks off. <laughs> and I'm like, the fact that he put humour like that into these things is yeah. brilliant. But yes, great film. Go watch all of a Kirk Kurosawa's films. He's just, it's something, if people are listening to this and they're big into film, but they've never seen Kurosawa stuff, you have no idea how much he has shaped Western cinema. He is kind of, like more than Spielberg, more mm. than, you know, he was one of the defining directors. He was, I think he was a, probably like the first great director. Him and Hitchcock are the two great directors, like the first kind of a, I've just made a note for homework for ourselves to do a samurai versus westerns episode because I'm mad into westerns. Yeah. So it'd be an interesting one. Yeah, it's like a lot of the westerns are remakes of Kurosawa films. And then we can fight. Didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. That like um, Seven Samurai was remade. Um, I want to say The Dirty Dozen is a remake. Dirty Dozen is very good. I'm not The Dirty Dozen, what's it called? The Dirty Dozen was a war film. It's a place um, fuck no but there's, a, there's a, a good few of them are remakes of mm. um, Curse House I'll so. have to watch Rashomonie that sounds interesting mm. which is good TV who wants to go TV I can, I can go first if you like mm-hmm. uh, so I was saying earlier that I used to I, I like the genre of TV shows which is detective with superpower that's never officially <laughs> called a superpower <laughs> so like Monk has OCD and Bones has Bones <laughs> No, bones is the ability to look at bones and tell you everything about the person. Mm-hmm. But bones in, has bones. In, in, the, in the earlier seasons, like it's always been her brought to like a really old cold case or like, you know, this person we have to exhume them or this person was found in a sewer so they're basically bones or this person... Uh, yeah. Do, by later seasons, she's getting bodies and like, strip them, strip them of flesh I need their bones. And it's like, surely there's something on the flesh. No, nothing on the flesh. Conference, DNA, <laughs> no, trace evidence. No, no, get me the bones. No stab wounds, no nothing, no yeah. gunshots, no particles. No, I need to see the bones. The bones is where it's at. It's like, she's been dead for three hours. Get me her bones. A lot of soft fleshed injuries here. Get rid of all this stupid flesh. <laughs> but, um, I'm going to look at that show in a new light now. Yes, yeah. it was, oh man, um, there was light to me as well, where like it was all about lies and NLP and things like that. That that series, a part of me is what got cancelled after two seasons, three seasons. I think it was three. And every time I've watched through it multiple times because Tim Roth is just so oh, watchable. And every time I get to the end of that series, I'm like, I completely understand why they cancelled the series because it was kind of, it was kind of getting ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm so upset that they cancelled the series because <laughs> I just want to see more Tim <laughs> Roth be this character. It's, um, so likable. Bones is one where they did the big reveal where they, they one of their of her junior scientist dudes, one of her squints as they call them because they like to squint at things, uh, turns out to be a serial killer right. uh, a good chunk of the way through. And I don't know, like they did weird stuff, they, they didn't expect the show to be as big. Some people got um, kind of uh, hired off to do movies and stuff so they just killed off characters. But this random kid, they're just like, hey we've got this big serial killer who's going to go for multiple seasons. And it's like, it's this guy but also this kid. And the reveal was so weird. I remember like watching it with my mum, and I was like, "Huh, oh, maybe that's, like, maybe that's just what 
like shows do that they they have this big an episode (laughs) i think it's around season three but there's just this one where like this kid but it's like just like this dude's been killing people if they kill people in a scientific way if they've been like slicing them and like mocking the police this was about ritualistic cannibalism and occult stuff and trying to bring about the devil and like lovecraftian bullshit i was like never got that impression from that kid never got like maybe even in episode two earlier, we're like wiping his mouth. He's like, ribs for dinner? Yeah, ribs. Like, no foreshadowing at all. They needed to put something in to have this kid uh, suddenly. But anyway, um, no, I wasn't. Um, the, the TV show only was Dexter. And it is, his superpower is murder. <laughs> like, I just want to say, I was also going to do Dexter. That's you, amazing. Yes, good yes, choice. It is, a, it is an excellent one. And it, like, it is that he is the serial killer. It's like, how do, how do we how do we stop serial killers? Maybe if we if we let more murderers loose, we can fight fire with fire. <laughs> exactly. I I love Dexter though. Oh, so great, uh, Dexter seasons one and two done. You don't you can keep it's, watching. It's one of those series no. that should have stopped it after. Stopped. Uh, it should have stopped uh, season five, I think maybe. No, earlier than that. I would have said three. I yeah, think, actually, yeah. I think season one and two is a perfect arc, yeah. and if it had stopped there, it would have been one of these shows that we all talk about as being this perfect little thing that should have kept going. But it would be like Firefly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you remember when I trolled you for like, was it two years? Because you're like, have you seen Firefly? And I was like, sure I have. Or have I? I don't know. Wow. And this went on forever. <laughs> and he was like, randomly like, oh, this is Wait, on. have you seen Firefly? Have I? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, it was literally it. Like, yeah, for, for two and a half years. Because we used to, was it Skype? messenger that we used to chat on or was it all fake? I don't even know but like I would just randomly get these like Firefly references sent to me I'd be like oh I recognise that because I was I? testing yeah. her and he'd be like, like for god's sake like, just tell me like, oh no. Starship Troopers and you're like no wait actually that is the outfit from Starship Troopers shut up okay. <laughs> <laughs> to this day still have not yet confirmed or denied if I've seen Firefly yeah, as we, 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 we worry, like, he's like, he keeps on asking me if, if, if what do I think of The Flash the TV series mm. The Flash is my favourite superhero but I haven't watched the series just don't I oh amazing <laughs> yes I'm, I'm partially because I'm afraid it'll ruin how much I like that character, but also just to wind him up. Yeah. Something. Is it weird that I'm kind of okay with Dexter because he kills horrible people? Yeah, that's part that's, of it. It's, that I'm just like, it. I'm rooting for you, man. Yeah, like, I hate serial killers, but you're good. I the, like you. The story, like, hard. the um, the initial thing, like, obviously, if I like the procedural shows, this is where it kind of flips on its head. And mm. to me, it was kind of fresh and cool and a really interesting take on it to have the murder. Um, I like the fact that his dad was a cop and, you know, rescued this kid from a horrible crime scene where, like, you know, it put a darkness in him. And there's a whole nature versus nurture thing that uh, kind of is looked at in the show. And this, like, nearly this thing of hereditary serial killers where it's like, well, him and his brother. That him damn gene. Yes, yeah, he's got it. He's got that dark passenger, <laughs> as they, they call the show. I didn't realise, I was looking at stuff before recording, and uh, he always wears light clothes when he's going yeah. about his day. And, and then, then dark clothes black, when he's... Yeah. Yeah. Got a killing. It's supposed to be like the stark contrast yeah. between what he does when he's at work and what he does. It's also that he blends in. It's like all yeah. the scenes at night are when he's killing, mm. and all the scenes during the day, like the police station is really well lit, mm. or he's outside and it's yeah. sunny. They're never investigating a crime scene at night. It's always daytime. Yeah, so it's yeah. bright. And, and even and his it's apartment, it's all like Miami, the cool it's neutrals. Lovely. It's all just yeah. you know very light, airy. He's got the most infuriatingly small gloves. Like they don't, they don't go yeah, all the way up they his never hand. Come up, yeah. And I was like, where the fuck's the rest of your gloves, man? <laughs> I get it, you do fingerprints, so yeah, but like, have gloves up to your elbows, man. Go into like Cruella de Vil, like you're you're a forensic dude. You know you can leave shit behind. Come on. Yeah. But um, no, it was a it was a really interesting show. Miami is very cool. Now I've said on previous uh, episodes of its setting and stuff that Miami is a character in that show. Like mm-hmm. it's such a cool thing that they they didn't just do New York or um, it's Chicago. New York or LA. 
Yeah, they're like the two that like yeah. everything is said. In. Yeah, yeah. So when they go outside that, it's like, oh, this is this is interesting. That's we how do. you know, by the way, to never live in New York <laughs> or LA because if all these people are like, writing these stories, yeah, it's obviously happening. Yeah. We we did a. I'll that research. My mum was the thing. <laughs> she had a thing she could tell what CSI it was. She'd like flip over to it, and New York was blue, and uh, Miami was orange. Yeah. And she'd just flip over, and go, "It's Miami one. It's the orange one." Yeah. And it's just those those two colors. And Vegas is neon. Vegas is neon. Kind of there was some greens and stuff in there as well. Yeah. I do agree that Miami is very much a character in it, mm. and it plays a very important part. So. It was it was a fun result. I was kind of saying earlier about the the photo that was the litmus test for people. It was a fun result that I could give Dexter to people, and some people were like, "Oh, that's cool," and other people were like. This is the best show that ever happened. I got really into it. I was like, "That's cool." Finally, got really into it. No, I got super into it. I was like, "No," and, and we're cool. And we're all friends here. But like, shut up. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't admit that to it. There's so many people. Like, uh, there was a dude I was making music with one time. We were kind of like, um, I went over to his house. We're like, "Oh yeah, I gave you some of my tracks uh, on my hard drive, and we're gonna see if we can like um, do a project together and make some music." But also on the hard drive was Dexter, mm-hmm. and like I went over to him two days later, and he hadn't slept. He just stayed up all night watching Dexter. And his girlfriend was just like in the kitchen making tea going, yeah, yeah, Donald's, Donald's in the room. He, uh, there's been a lot of screams coming from that room. Not, not gonna lie. Not completely happy with you. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go in and give him a hug and try and get him back out into daylight and uh, get him back out. But no, it is, it's an amazing show. I also did some, check the numbers on it and over the, the course of the series from 2006 to 2013, uh, Dexter kills 117 people. Okay. Uh, which means in those times, it's about one a month. Uh, he would have been responsible for 15 to 20% of all murders in Miami. He what? is Florida man. He is Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. he, he's far too careful to be Florida man. That's true. You know why it's always Florida man or Florida woman? Because there's... Well, I they're, don't know. Legally, they're not allowed to say their name until yeah. after... After but, they've been charged. Yeah, yeah. After, after, charged. after it's been true to... After it's been processed by the courts. Oh, is that? I thought so it was just that's why, no, because it's always, it's always Florida man charged with blah, or Florida man yeah. arrested for blah. It's not until the court the, the case is actually finished before they're allowed to say their names. But they also have a very weird thing where the court cases can can be reported upon. Hmm. Uh, most states you can't, which is why you don't yeah. get those things. And like if you're a man accused of blah blah blah, because in some states you can't even report on the accusal. Whereas but in some states they actually let the journalist into the, the courtroom. Into the courtroom, they can film it, and once the dude's been convicted, you can say whatever you want. Like it's yeah. all completely open to the press. It's like like some of the most like prolific cases in the news recently of people being charged with. So many things. The the main one that comes to mind is um that girl who got done. She was in. She was texting her boyfriend, encouraging him to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. But like the they recorded that. Like that whole thing is on, um, on video. And I, I remember I watched it to see what her reaction was, and just nothing. You trying to figure out how to get away with it? No, I was watching this going like, shorty, <laughs> she's gonna see. Me. Jesus Christ! Black <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, That's awful. No, I was wa- I was that's literally I I wanted to see this girl showing remorse. It's one of those things because I was like, this is an actual person who did this. She can't, surely she can't stand by what she did. Yeah. And she doesn't seem remorseful. Like, she's like, right. I'm upset because I have to go and do prison time now. That's there, her, her one, like, it's ridiculous. There is a thing if you binge watch shows, sometimes you, uh, there was a weird thing when Dexter came out that all my friends thought they were Dexter for a minute. And it's the same with yeah, it's um, the Criminal Minds. If you, if you binge watch a season of Criminal Minds, you get like part way through going, like, is when they're describing each, each one, there's always one thing that you're like, yeah, well, I do that. Yeah. yeah. But, but then it's like, when you watch like, multiple episodes in a row, you're like, oh, I'm starting to awfully identify with these guys. Yeah. But the Psychopath Test, yes, the John Ronson book, um, yeah, you, you, you explain that. Uh, so um, while reading the Psychopath Test, they, he kind of hints at the fact that there's this test and there's a certain number of things that you should look out for and certain flags. But the way the book is written, 
about halfway through you start questioning yourself you're like okay. oh my god i do some of these things like oh my god and it's quite well done and it happened in dexter as well because they because it's from the killer's point of view and because mm -hmm. they kind of justify what he's doing by saying his father trained him to always go after bad people always be sure they're bad do his research no no actions before out of ignorance like always make sure you you know that these are bad people and confront them with their their crimes that you're like yeah he's you know he's just as vigilance like vigilante let's yeah. see this but there comes a moment where like after watching three or four episodes and you're kind of numb from watching shit anyway you're like maybe i've never felt empathy maybe i'm a, maybe I'm a serial killer and you get really worried but the thing is though as well like once you like a character you can always find an aspect of them relatable so when you're watching something like dexter and it is it's about a serial killer you're like oh, i can relate to this character hang on yeah. How do I relate to a serial killer? Like, why do I find him, what? of all what? people, relatable? And it, it's just, you know, it gets to... And it, for, for me, watching Dexter, it was the fact that I was like, yeah, he deserved to die. And then as soon as I had that thought, I was like, oh, God, no. Okay, yes, no. for me, I it need was a Dexter break for a while. Of, it was coming off the back of Six Feet Under. So I was like, I just identified Michael C. Hall. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Because I've watched him for yeah. how many seasons in like Six Feet Under. Like, yeah, he's grand. Yeah. But they, they did a thing in the, in the Psychopath Test, not the rest of the point. You may be now worried... Yes, okay. because you identify with some of these things, but if you were actually a psychopath, you, you would never consider the fact that th this could be you. Wow. Oh yeah. I have to read this. It's really, it's, it's uh, very it's good. good. Um, if I don't at any point go, oh, I could be this person. I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I'm <laughs> we, definitely related to this. Yeah. Ooh, thank God. I read it as part of a book club one time, and we all went to like someone's house, and we were all chatting about it. But they had a laptop set up, facing away from everyone, and online you could take the test. And it takes ages. It takes like ten minutes to go through all the questions, and it's like, you know, have you ever felt this? Have you ever felt that? And then lots of situational stuff. In this situation, would you act this way or that way? And we all did it and took scores, and the, you didn't have to tell the people. But I'd be doing it and going, oh, I scored 30, and they're like, out of 80? Okay, all right. And then some people scored 40, some people scored like 10. And one person did it, was like, not telling you. And like, <laughs> closed the laptop, it was like, a stupid game anyway. We <laughs> 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 were like, what, what is it? And I was like, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is, And does all it? of a sudden, you just put that little bit of extra yeah, distance between you and Everyone's chairs all screeched at that moment. I kind of want to take this test now. I'm yeah, interested in what I, I get. Like, I took a Mary Sue test one time, and I am a Mary Sue. Oh, God. Which is fantastic. Mary, you know Mary Sue, mm -hmm. the character that is too good to be true. But some of the questions are like, "Are you over this height?" Like, yeah. Is your is your name uh, a proper noun or something violent? And I was like Lynch. Oh, Lynch! It is. So that's a point. And I kept doing it and kept putting points on it. I was like, "Shit, shit! Oh, <laughs> oh, no, oh no, this is dangerously close to." It's like, "Are you an accomplished horse rider?" And I was like, "That's stupidly yeah, okay. I am as a <laughs> shut up." I like archery and other like all these weird skills, and I'm like, "I've done archery. I'm not going to take a point on that." No, and like as I was going through it, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like video games was one. It was like this person works in one of these industries, a journalist of video games. And I goes, "Damn you, you fuckers!" <laughs> um, oh, was it? It's one that I have something lasting on Dexter. Um, no, move on. Move on. Anything from your TV show? Um, you, I, said, you said Dexter, but um, do you have a backup? Or I it? do have backup. No, I'm good. Um, so it's just my my personal favourite TV show is Law & Order SVU. Mm. Again, I watch this before I go to bed, which is kind of weird, but... So hang on, which one's SVU? Who's, the Special be... Victims Unit. No, looking, Olivia Benson. Um, Christopher Maloney's in it. Ice-T. Ice-T's in it, yes. Yeah, Chris Maloney. He was, he's not anymore. Sorry, yeah, yeah no, but, but he's, right. uh, like, he's the actor I most identify with, and that, that was always quite jarring, because he's one of the main characters for a lot of Oz, oh. where he's a violent sociopath. So I'm always like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> um, but the reason why I picked SVU, because obviously 
Catastrophe there's going to be many serial killers in this over the, the series it's it's one of the longest running TV programs I believe ever now it just mm. keeps going but there was one particular serial killer and his name was William Lewis and he was quite recent I think it was last year maybe or the year before if even and it's the very first time I've been watching SVU that I couldn't watch it by myself I turned it off I was like no really? this is it was just he was just too creepy Um, the actor I so had so I was going to ask, are these, these are kind of the rip from the headlines kind of ones. I haven't actually watched SVU. Oh my God, SVU is amazing. So they is always it? say it's not based on a true story. It's yeah, always right. fictional, but they're all, they've, you, like, you watch it and you're like, you're obviously taking this from this yeah, or this okay. from this. And this particular serial killer, um, I have this problem where there's certain movies that I've watched where actors that I really like play the part too well and it makes me kind of go, oh, you're creepy. Yeah. And I don't actually know the, the name of the actor that played William Lewis. So I have to well, look in a second. One second, I'll tell you in a sec. But um, he is just terrifyingly good at being himself. Right. And he plays the character too well to the point that I'm like, that's what you do in real life, isn't it? <laughs> Interesting. But he... Do you know you know Olivia Benson from it? She's mm-hmm. she's the main character in right. SVU. Um, he kidnaps her at one point. And right. it's just... That's when I like turned it off. I was like, no, I love Olivia. Like You can't hurt her. And it's just... It's, an, it's very intense. And that whole storyline comes to a head basically because he's gone to trial they have caught him he's been raping and murdering women mm. you know plot twist it's SVU it's what happens in nearly every single episode but it's just such a cheerful <laughs> <show>. <laughs> I'm like why do I like this so much but um, he decides to represent himself and he's been through this horrible episode with, with Olivia because he's kidnapped her he um, mm. is about to like cut her clothes off and gets interrupted like it's just this horrible thing to watch and then she's obviously on trial because she's part of it and she had assaulted him while they were there she perjures herself on trial and everything but like he's interrogating her so and that's why i turned it off i was like imagine this person yeah. just put you through this and then interrogating you in front of people it was just oh so awful but then it all comes to a head him and her again and he it makes her play russian roulette with him mm. and one of them's going to die and it just back and forth back and forth and then he says game over and you're like oh my god he's going to kill olivia benson and then he kills himself because he wants her to get done for his murder. And it's just like, it's it's this serial killer who just doesn't stop. Like, even yeah. the end, even his death is like, screw you guys, like, I'm still in charge. And I just, oh, I had to take a break watching it after. Uh, oh, it was just so creepy. I'll tell you what else he was in now. Well, you're doing that, um, you're the kind of the rip from the headlines thing. I love, there was an episode of CSI, which was about um, two gamers who would let their child die because they were playing... Uh, World of Warcraft or something. No, that's the actual true story. No, it was, that's it. So they... Who does he remind you of? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say it, but yeah, I know, <laughs> no, I know exactly who he reminds you of. First glance, he just looks like... So I don't know if you know this person. No, he doesn't. No, no there's, a guy, there's a guy that we won't know. We're not going to say who. We'll, we'll let them wonder. Uh, <laughs> What's the name of the actor? Uh, I'm, it just keeps telling me his... Who played with him? Sorry, keep going. We're going headlines. Anyway, this, the CSO, so the, the true story is that um, a child died because two people were playing World of Warcraft and neglected their child. Yeah. That episode of CSI is the most... Wait, that happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like the amount of stuff. I was working there when it happened. The amount of stuff that we heard. The... You were working in Blizzard. Yeah. I want to cut that out. Let's... Okay, keep moving. No, it's we're good. Because I mean, like, it was news. Yeah. Like, it wasn't something that we received. It wasn't a ticket that came in through. <laughs> I think there was a bug logged. No, no, no. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like we, we, it was, we just heard about it in the news and we were like, holy shit. Like, so it was very much kind of a, oh, fuck. Like, you yeah. Know? But that is the most cringy episode. Anytime you see like a, a Criminal Minds or something where people are hacking, mm-hmm. and I know it looks stupid oh, don't. and shit. No, we're going but, to my own hell again. Yeah. This is like, but the... The video games episode is like the two of them 
the two of them are playing this second life-ish kind of game. But the, to make it even worse... They the, did that in SVU as well. Did they did the second life thing, yeah. To make it even worse, the guys who were the gamers had a kid in the game with the whole point was like, oh, they're taking care of their online kid more so than their real life kid. That's so cringy and horrible. The, um, um, go on. Pablo Tell Schreiber, he played Porn Stash in Orange is the New Black. If either of you watched. Oh, right. He's, he's he, in. Yeah, no, he's what he's, he's Mad Sweeney in American Gods. Pablo yes. Schreiber, he's Lee Schreiber's half brother. Oh, yes, yeah. we had talked about him before. He was also on The Wire. Name. He Great narrated name. the American Psycho audiobook. Oh, there you go. Interesting. I'll never listen to that because he creeps me out now. In Dexter, he keeps making references to American Psycho and Patrick Bateman. <laughs> um, and um, But that series of books, every time he checks into a place, he always uses one of the names, like Bateman or something like that. It's quite funny. When I was, when I was looking for uh, what show to do for here as well, so I was like Dexter, SVU, and my other one was going to be Bates Motel. But I also mm. couldn't talk about that enough because it just creeped. I've never yeah. watched it to its full resolution because I got so scared. On the on the true crime one, did you watch Making a Murder? I found that the most infuriating movie. It reminded me a lot after the fact of Loose Change. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that? Yep. Which is like that kind of tabloid sensationalist uh, style of thing where it's like we've done a lot of research. We've done years of research. We're never going to tell you a story, and it's about the guys like jerking themselves off, telling this story, basically drawing you in. At the end of every episode, I was so angry at the prosecutors and so angry at law yeah. enforcement and like stitching this guy up. And then by the next episode, I was so angry at the kid and so angry. They did such a good it's job. Ju- uh, it was, it was so well done. Like I only watched Making a Murderer. Was it last week? The week before even? Because everyone was talking about it, and mm. just from people talking about it, I was like, I think I'm gonna like this, but it's so hyped up, I don't even want to watch it now because everyone was building it up so yeah. much that I was like, it can't possibly be that good, but it is. I really, really liked it. Just, um. Sorry, just on the lighthearted side, because we have to try. And, I, I want to keep him Do checking these, just because we, you know. So there is a um, there's a comedian called Sean uh, Tejarachi, mm-hmm. who does piss takes of um, Ice Cube's character, or sorry, Ice Cube's character in <laughs> SVU. Oh no! <laughs> and um, so it's like it's a picture from it, and it's like you can even hear it in his voice yeah. in your head. So it's like, you know, turns out that joint was laced with cat litter and soy sauce. Kids are calling it brown Christmas. It's just <laughs> random shit that doesn't make sense. But it's over screen caps of it. It's like, they made him fight a newborn baby. Told him it was his own younger self. Time traveling from the past, trying to take away his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that found traces of cocaine and sourdough. They call it sweet cheddar. It's a drug soup from Baltimore. It's like... <laughs> What is this like? And you get and when you read it, you can instantly hear it in this in his voice in your head because it's it's Icey has like the most distinct voice yeah. ever. Like I love him as a cop, and the first time oh, I ever saw him as a cop was in New Jack City, and there's a bit where somebody falls out of a building and like lands in the the garbage, and Ice T wheels on them and is out with the gun out, and he looks around, there's no other cops around, and he just looks at the perp and goes, "I want to shoot you so much, my dick is hard." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the most ridiculous movie I've ever made. Every scene in this movie is cocaine. <laughs> Kid, kids drugged, wakes up in a sauna, five guys shine lights in his eyes and tell him he's trapped on the sun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a work of art. Um, oh, that's so good. I'll post, know, I'll post a link through the, the Twitter anyway. I don't know if I ever told you, by the way, one of the most classic me things I've ever done. Oh God, here we go. For anybody listening who's ever watched Married with Children. Um, yes. Hadn't seen it in years, convinced myself that 
Al Bundy's name was Ted Bundy. Oh, and there was like a biopic <laughs> documentary on TV when I was like, oh my God, it's like the making of Ted Bundy and Married with Ch-. That's what I thought it was going to be. Cause, oh my God. Yeah, started watching it like 20 minutes in. I was like, where's Peg? <laughs> why, why is he looking in these women's windows? What's going It was the oh creepiest way to be introduced to a serial killer ever. Because I was like, it's, it's going to be Al Bundy, right? Like, yeah. He's going to be sitting on a couch soon and oh, his wife's going to come in and so are his kids. When, when do they appear? I was getting so creeped out. He's, not, he's neither married nor has children. I don't understand it. That's not how you met your wife, sir. Like, why are you there? <laughs> it's just so weird. Also, what what do you guys think of when they do those, like, the the reenactment kind of documentary style? It movies? varies in quality. It varies in quality. It dude. always varies in quality, but it's just like, I'm like, why would you want it? Like, just it's in, so in real. Terms like, of, in terms of uh, Ted Bunny, there is actually quite a good film called The Green River Killer, mm. which is about The Green River Killer, but when they were trying to track the guy, they did a lot of interviews with Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. and Ted Bundy never admitted that he he'd killed anyone. So he they but the interviews were all like you know well if I had done you know if, uh, if someone yeah. was doing this this is what what they would do. I think this they were they were both in the state of Washington at the same time. Yeah, but mm. but Bundy was Bundy was like in prison and sentenced and everything at this point. And there's there's actually quite a good film where a guy recreates all they recreate all the, the interviews, and your man playing Bundy is just it's brilliant like it's super watchable. Um, sorry, just the, the other thing is, it's on Twitter. It's at Ice T S V U. Fantastic. Um, and he, he has like there is one thousand seven hundred and fifty seven tweets in this account. <laughs> oh my god! And they are all gold. Fantastic. How many followers is this? Yeah. Uh, twenty eight thousand or something. A friend of mine acted in a recreation for um, some Irish thing, the news or Crime Watch or some something. Yeah. Uh, and it was about uh, it was about a killing of a traveler in Sligo. And the story was that um, some lad was in a van and sitting there with his wife and some guy lad in a motorbike pulled up next to him, stuck a gun in the window, shot the lad, peeled off Jeez. and, you know, there was this ridiculous crime and had a big traveller funeral for it and the, there's a monument to him in Sligo. On, in the graveyard in Sligo there is a two-ton white marble high-ace van and tribute to this lad and a kind of fuck you to the other family that killed him, presumably. Um, and it is the greatest thing. Sometimes I'll just I can walk through the, the graveyard on my way home and just walk past this and marvel at the fact that this thing exists. Wow. But uh, my friend played blood splattered woman, <laughs> and she was the she was the the wife sitting in the passenger seat holding a baby, and they're like kind of that's what travelers are like. They all have babies all over them all the time, and it's just her job to be splattered with blood and scream. And she's like, yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> I can only imagine like as an actor. Imagine if that was like the very first role you got cast in, and you come like all excited. You're like, I'm blood splattered woman. Yes. Like, <laughs> What? Oh, that's well, a very sad it. story, though. Yeah. But cool, cool for your friend to get that job. But... I, I don't think she's ever done anything. There's a lot of people I know around Sligo who uh, have been in stuff, who have been in TV shows and stuff. Like, someone's filming, and we need someone who can ride a horse or be in a boat or can um, dive underwater yeah. or do something like that. A lot of my friends have been in shit. They don't care. They're just like, yeah, that's me in the boat in the movie. Like, one of my friends was in the guard. And I was just like, really? yeah, they just needed somebody, so like they put a call out to see who could do that. And they're like, they're not actors, they're just like, drive this out. And one of my favourite ones is a, a, they needed a kid who could uh, work a boat, uh, work an outboard motor and be in a little boat. And I, one of the kids was like, cool, I'll do it. And he's like, just need you to go around and come back. And he's like, why, why can't he do it? That's the actor. And the little kid couldn't understand why another kid couldn't use a boat, because they all just grown up with them. They're like, yeah. what the fuck's wrong with that kid? <laughs> Get him in, come on. Why is like, that kid broken? I'll, I'll bring him out for a spin. And I was like, no, no, it, there can only be one kid in the boat. <laughs> I'm sorry, we need to shoot this. He's like, come on, we'll go for a spin. No, listen, we have to film this. Fair enough. What, what was yours, Glenn? Um, well, I just I wanted to quickly mention, just for 
how they approach things. Mm. Um, Luther, right? The Interstellar series mm. has been going since two thousand ten. There's only like sixteen episodes. Is that Amazon or uh, BBC. Netflix or oh, it's BBC? BBC. Okay. It's on Netflix, but it's a it's mm. a BBC made. Um, it's too good to be just a Netflix show or something. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like Sherlock, and it's I I find Sherlock gets all the attention, whereas like Luther is in some ways I I is more enjoyable. Um, and not just because of Benadryl Cabbage Patch. Yeah. Um, uh, but like because of it, it's Benadryl just... Benadryl Cabbage Patch. The yeah. high elf that works the yeah, yeah, yeah. for BBC. Um, <laughs> but it's... It, uh, Idris Elba plays Detective John Luther and he's... Um, he's a... a it, it's, he's involved in a serious... A serious and serial is the name of the unit. Mm. And they've basically been involved in, in various things. And each mini-series is like three or four episodes and it focuses on... Um, one case or maybe two but they, they're, they're quite good but one of the things that they do quite early on is they introduce a character who is a psychopath mm. and has killed two people and gotten away with it mm. and he knows and but he can't prove it yeah and they but this weird friendship forms between them mm. and they become like over the course of the series they become really good friends um, spoilers they basically like she falls in love with him like she becomes infatuated with him, and there's a whole ongoing thing between the pair of them, where he'll need to do something to try. Like you know, it's again, it's that whole thing of like, well, how would I, how would a serial killer do this, or why would a psychopath do this? I haven't watched that far ahead. This is like the El and Kira um, relationship of. Yeah, but have you watched any Luther? I've, I've, I think I've watched two or three of my one, but completely random episodes, not in sequence. Oh right, no, no, because it's like she's literally the one of the first characters introduced in the first episode right. and it's but there's an ongoing thing where she's involved and like and everyone else is like you know you have to stay away from her and he's like yeah yeah you tell her that like she just keeps showing up and it, it it's it's almost stockholm syndrome in a way because at first he's like you know no i will catch you and then over time it's like i need your help yeah um it, it's just it's quite well done it's very watchable um and it, it's just like it's Idris Elba doing a very broken man mm. but who's also like incredible like he doesn't have it's not one of those ones where oh he has a superpower you know like that, that's unfined he's <laughs> no it's just, a process no he no 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 it's just, he's very good at what he does but he's a little bit dirty but in like he he, he might dirty himself just to get results yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's very kind of um, you know there's constant rumours about mm going around you know but you know it's quite well done do you, do you know what I just want to quickly mention was um, Criminal Minds and Mindhunter so those two seasons those two series they focus on the VA the behavioural analysis mm-hmm. in the FBI Criminal Minds I'm sure most people know Mindhunter was only came out in October on Netflix mm-hmm. and it was done by David Fincher and it's about the foundation uh, the founding the foundation the founding of the behavioural analysis unit yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just it's, it's quite a good series but the serial killers in that, because it was about how they went around and interviewed them all. The guys they have playing them directed are, directly at Alien, trying to freak her out with this. Let's let's, I can I can already see her shifting a little bit. I was <laughs> like, oh, so they so they, they, they go and interview um one of the first guys they actually interviewed and they, they interviewed this Edmund Kemper. Okay. Right, mm-hmm. who was known for. Picking up hitchhikers. Yeah, no, I know. You know all about yeah. him. Oh no, I've I've unfortunately read about this man. Right. Go on. So the guy that they have playing him is uncannily good. Like, they, they, like, I had seen an interview with Edmund Kemper because he's done tons of interviews and, mm. like, this is it, like, 
I hate to worship him with the whole thing of like it's great they got caught they got brought to justice yeah. he turned himself in yeah. and they didn't believe him at first yeah. <laughs> like the only reason he got stuck detective Somerset yeah. <laughs> the only reason you haven't got... looked in the box <laughs> Jesus. Speaking reason, of heads and boxes. Heads and boxes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He went into, an inter- uh, into a parole meeting after he killed his grandparents and was like, like he killed them when he was like 12 or whatever, or 13. And then when they let him out, and, and you know, he went into a parole meeting that he had to go regularly go to or like a probation meeting with a severed head in a bag. I like, to, I like to think it's a bowling bag. I don't know why. I think it was or was something really? like it. Really? Nice. But it was... Right shape. Yeah, but like, but like... And they have... The bowling bags actually have a little circular thing so the ball sits in it and doesn't move. Um, oh. uh, but but the, like... The, the, the guys they have playing the serial killers are standout. Like the, 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 the two main characters. So it's the guy who... It's a guy who voices one of the characters in Frozen is one of the two agents. No way. Yeah. Like... Oh, God. I can't remember the character's name. T- he's basically a tall blonde Olaf no Hans no Christoph yeah maybe yeah I think it's Christoph the names in Frozen are Hans Christoph Anna and Sven, yeah, yeah so you can do Hans Christian Anderson with it um, I think it's Christoph it's, <laughs> so it's the guy who voices Christoph is one of the the young agents in it and then Holt uh, McCallany is the the older agent and people are like Holt who he's the guy who first comes out with the his name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. He's the mechanic in Fight Club. Oh, right. Okay. He's also in uh, Alien 3. Um, like He's just been working with Fincher for like 20 years. And mm. Fincher just keeps on putting him in the background. And he went, right, leading role, on you go. And he's fantastic. He's also in the film The Losers. He's one of the bad guys in the film mm. The Losers. Um, but the, the main one I wanted to mention was just um, True Detective. The yeah. first season. I, I, I actually like the second season. Controversial, so <laughs> controversial statement, but the first season I think is so well done in that, it, um, again it goes outside the typical New York, yeah. LA setting, and it doesn't even go to like a major city. Mm. It's proper. I don't like, think I've ever seen a skyline. Yeah, in, in we, we mentioned this with with um, I think it was when Mike was on. Mm. We were talking about how it's like. It's just set in such a like out in the countryside where people don't, they're not you know. Um, Bumblefuck! I don't give a fuck. Like that's the town's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but they're, they're like these aren't people. These are people who've never been in a town bigger than like ten thousand people. Yeah, yeah. They've never, they've never traveled more than a couple of towns over. They're not worldly. They're not mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like so, uh, it, it's and it's just there's you know the the weird kind of thing and all the way through it there's this kind of weird cultish, almost eldritch you know vibe like to the whole thing. The whole that, thing that peaks at a point where they they mention the king in yellow they mention a couple yeah. of occult texts and I was sitting at home go on yeah <laughs> yeah tell me more like if you know any of the Cthulhu stuff yeah when they start mentioning that you're like this is oh, okay right what's going on here and then even the point where it's very casual referencing as well though yes it's not in your face and it's it's a thing that if you don't know about those kind of things it just goes straight over your head but it's but you're still kind of interested you're still oh, yeah. like oh what's the king in yellow and then again, like, and this is partially why I meant to mention Mindhunter. Mindhunter does the whole thing where at the start of every episode of Mindhunter, they're showing you a guy who has no relevance to the story. Now, if you don't know who that is, you're like, huh, this is quite interesting. If you do know who that is, if you know serial killer history, you're like, oh, that's such and such, I, and that's really fucking good. I, I imagine you as Wednesday Adams in the Adams family with your serial killer trading cards. You're, you're sitting with the other murderinos. Uh, uh, like, need yeah, yeah, need, need, need uh, the foil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could just imagine 
imagine Dave being like, I see your Ted Bundy and raise you. <laughs> two beans for Bundy. Two yeah. beans for Bundy. <laughs> but, uh, but this is the thing, like, there's, but they do that in, like, there's like that, there's little nods, there's little references. And, they, yeah. and the fact that they even, they interview the main killer in um, True Detective about episode four. Right. And where he's like, he's maintaining the grounds outside a, a watch call, outside an old school. And it's like, it's just oh, so offhand. Um, but that particular scene, there's a really, uh, what I really like is that it just focuses on one of the guys. Mm. And it's like, who's actually outside the fence. They're not, he, he's not even interested. Yeah. He thinks this is a waste of time. And then when it cuts, when it's the camera's aimed at the other guy talking yeah. to the actual killer, it's actually middle distance. It's not close. Yeah. And it's cut, you kind of have to strain almost to hear it. Yeah. So they make it almost like B roll, like it's this whole thing of oh, this is just them going about the the investigation. It's not really, it doesn't really this, mean anything. This is something that Fincher is good at, which is again from Seven. It's the attention to detail. It is yeah. very meaningful. And Everything I, is, and that's the thing. When I when I watched True Detective, I was like, this feels like it was very heavily inspired by Fincher, and I liked that it was, you know, but it it still kind of got its own visual stamp. And yeah. mm-hmm. when Mindhunter, when the opening credits of Mindhunter came on. And I, I, I hadn't read, I'd read anything about it or looked into it or whatever. I think I'd seen the trailer, but there was no mention of, um, of Fincher. And I put it on when it came out, and I watched the, the opening thing, and in the credits, I was like, God, your man really wants to be David Fincher. And made by David Fincher. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just that long ago. I'm like, oh, fair play, well done. Um, I, did, I think I've mentioned this before. I did that watching... Um, uh, Something like Battlestar Galacta when when Lucy Lawless come on, I was like, Jesus Christ, that looks like Lucy Lawless. That looks really like Lucy. That must be Lucy Lawless's daughter. That that woman looks really like Lucy. That's Lucy Lawless. Fuck off. Yeah. Lucy Lawless <laughs> looks amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just it's it, it, but no the um yeah True Detective. I just think it's it's an incredibly well made uh series. Mm. It's so bleak. Yes. I mean. It, it's just like you could just look at the word bleak on screen for ten <laughs> hours and it'd be the same thing, um. But it's incredibly entertaining at the same time. It it is oppressive in the way that good crime serial killer dramas yeah. are. They starts weighing on you a little bit. Oh yeah, it it can't be a happy go lucky watch. You no. can't just be like catch the bad guy. Woo! Like it it can't. The, the, uh, there's the whole scene as well. There's that one scene where they have to get out of um particular housing area, and it's all like eight minute single shot. Yeah. That scene like blows me away. Every yeah. time I see it, I was just like, "That was just insane." The first time I watched it, because it wasn't a, it wasn't available on TV here yeah. to download it to watch it, and I remember watching that episode. I was like, "I need to watch that entire scene again," because I don't think there was a cut there, and yeah. I had to go back and check if it was a cut or if it was a digital cut, mm. like if they were actually just like, "Oh, go through just... a fence or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you no, know, but it was like straight up. I was like, "That's ma- massively impressive." Like, I think I think that there's a common theme of the stuff we're talking about is that it does elicit these really heavy duty yeah. emotions in you that you are feeling. you get emotionally invested yeah. in it like you, you just have to know it, it's that kind of oppressive oh something's weighing on me and or in the SVU thing the justice thing of like something comes in and yes that's yeah. it kind of you have to go through a negative to come out the other end of a quite maybe hopefully cathartic but some of it is just yeah. you feel down afterwards yeah like for me for me it, I have to have resolutions whether mm. it's Everyone dies. The end. I still need to know like that's what happened. Like the, you know. I'm gonna, like, gonna cut the episode is... here. Just yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have resolutions. Hard cut. <laughs> no, but like a- anything, like for me, it's just like when things don't have resolution, it drives me crazy. I'm like, no, like what happened? Like I need to know whether it's good or bad. Yeah. I just need to know. So like when I get emotionally invested I in just... something. Have you seen Existence? No. You'd like the end of that. 
<laughs> I don't think I would. Not even else, you know. It's like, um, oh, what's it called? Midsummer Murders. Did you ever watch that? I do. I looked up the, the killings in Midsummer Murders as well. Over the entire course of Midsummer Murders, there's 240 deaths. Who lives there? Exactly. Who actively well, goes, no I'd like to buy a house. <laughs> Speaking about towns that have 10,000 people or 20,000 yeah, people. Yeah, it's like, how is there more people to kill? Yeah, Surely they exactly. run out of them at some point. They killed like three people an episode. And like, your your life expectancy in Midsummer Murders is 43. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but like, and but like that's why when it comes to these things, whether you feel oppressed by it, you feel a bit depressed afterwards, like, I just need to know that it ends. And I think that's why I like fictional serial killer mm. things. Because I'm like, hey, it has an ending and I know what happens. Whereas like, real life and you think about all the ones that never got caught like that just it just creeps me out so much yeah. we've been talking about this enough by the way that any kind of random noise that happens behind me is freaking me out I'm just like oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start looking directly over your shoulder oh please don't oh no <laughs> um, cool so yeah games Aideen do you have any games that jump out any yeah but no at the same time and you're going to probably know where I'm going with this immediately but my favourite game of all time is the Sims? Oh yes, and this is fantastic. Yeah, so that was that was my immediate one. Can I get bored of this. Yeah, I was talking to Nate about this last night because I was like, oh, I need to think of a, a game with serial killers, and he was like, Are you serious? Like, what do you play all the time? And I was like, The Sims. He goes, And I was like, Yeah, but I like I actively don't let my Sims die. I I will literally. Well, you are by far in the minority. <laughs> oh yeah. So like I will like like sorry. That's a complete lie as well. So I normally wouldn't let my Sims die. I'd normally like reverse age them because I'm like, yeah, cool character, like keep you around. Yeah. But then like, if I need a graveyard, I mean, so I will, exactly. I will just spawn lots of like townie and be like, right, sorry, I, fleas are gonna get you, and you just like cheat command them all to death, and it's just. I did that once. I was playing a game of The Sims, and I wanted a specific graveyard, so I made a family whose surname was Rockstar. Yeah. I made Kirk Cobain, Freddie Mercury. I think Bob Marley as well. It was not like. Rockstar, but that was their surname, and it just kept making characters yeah. and killed them all in this house, so that I could have this graveyard with all these Rockstar's graves in the background. Yeah, and then moved in my real family. But I, I, like, even like I think it was The Sims Two was just like rampant. Like people were just actively killing everyone and making like YouTube videos and stuff. And I'm I'm part of quite a few Sims forums and communities and stuff right. online where we'll talk about it. And like you meet the weirdest people in those forums sometimes because they're like ah this is how I killed this person and like there'll always be that one person who says that and you can just see the reaction in the comments like no one ever thought of killing someone this way and how did you think of killing someone this way and it's just very I do, I do, I do like they just it's not it's not really killing anyone but I did see a thing I, th I think I linked a video there uh, a few weeks back and it was a person who's uh, there's a small set, subsection of the speedrunning community that is taken to trying to speedrun certain aspects of the sims and one of them is, how fast can you speedrun having a child and getting it taken away by social services? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're, they they have a certain cycle that they're trying to do. They're getting to, pizzas and throwing them on the ground, pizza, throw on the ground, pizza. No, 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 they're like, they're like, you have to do the cycle as much as you can to keep them, um, uh, to get them to fall for someone, uh, get married, uh, like sleep with them, get pregnant. And then there's a certain thing you have to do to speed up the pregnancy as much as you can. And like, they're just trying to do it like constantly. But I, I just think The Sims is perfect for this though because no no two Sims will ever try and kill each other like it's it's you and oh, that's yeah. that's the weirdest thing about it because The Sims is a sandbox like you build everything you're essentially like the, the god I don't really want to say that but you are it's a god game yeah yeah you're 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 a creationist you're making this from, like from the ground up and it's up to you and so like when everyone's you know reading that book about like oh are you 
I'm a psychopath or not, maybe they should kind of go, have I played the, the Sims? And if so, how many graveyards do I while, have? <laughs> while I'm playing the Sims, I don't think I'm a psychopath. But if I walked away for an hour and came back to what I was doing, it's such a psychopath thing. There was two things I did. Uh, one was I made a family where there was just two guys. Mm-hmm. And one guy, he stayed at home and made gnomes 24 hours a day. And if his sleep got too low, I made him touch a bug zapper because that gives you a little bit of energy. Yeah. And he went straight back to making gnomes I every used, day. I used gnomes. to make basements. The other fellow was the president. <laughs> And he would go on every day and go to work and one guy was 100% successful and one guy made gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember... Like, and the successful guy would come home and kick the gnomes and break them. <laughs> you remember the first time the first time you could have vampire sims though, like, the weird things that you do in this game. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have like a basement with six humans in it because basically that's your food. Yeah. There you go. Have at it. And it's kind of like... You- did what you, am I doing? It's so weird. Did you build that murder maze oh, yeah. to see which ones you couldn't couldn't kill? Yeah, so yeah. like you can kill your own sins, but can you kill a delivery man? So you got to build a murder maze where the eagles through the front doors through a maze, and then you'd lose the front door in this. And certain guys can teleport out, and certain people can't. The Sims Four, actually, just you know, topic of conversation. It has cha- like you can't just lock a sim. Like I used to just build four walls around a sim for one to get rid of them. I was like, yeah, eventually you'll be gone, and I'll knock down those walls. That's fine. <laughs> I'm a normal gamer. I just, <laughs> if I want to kill someone, I go play Call of Duty. Hmm. You know, because at least they're armed. You I, guys are. I like, like how my, I'm like, no, my, no, my immediate my... response to that was, I would never shoot someone. But <laughs> no, I'd end rather hold them. I'd fucking build a wall of them, brick by brick, <laughs> smiling at them at every step of the way. Or you put them in an attic with six ovens, and then you take away the. Oh door. my god. <laughs> Um, and now you can't drain your sims anymore. They can climb out the side of a pool. I think EA were getting a bit distressed. Okay, the pool makes sense, yeah. Yeah, they were getting a yeah, little no, bit distressed. No, but like, that's by... just like, yeah, but surely they have upper body strength. They can yeah. just get I've out of the water. Yeah. Have you met? No. no Not I... everyone has upper body strength. <laughs> no, but you're tall enough you can just walk out of the pool. That's true. So it's fine. Um, but no, I think I think The Sims is just the ultimate serial killer game because it's it's what people do. Yeah, that's actually fair. Like, I, was, I was just like, what else? What could what could be this? Susu. Susu. But it's also oh yeah, if you go onto Reddit, there's um oh what is it? I'll have to find it and link it to you later. There's like one and it's just like inventive ways to kill your sims and people were just like swapping stories. But there was one person who like I'm just convinced is a serial killer oh, somewhere yeah. in the world and they're like oh, but why even let them get that far? Like, why not like do it when they're kids? And I was like, no, this is weird. You don't kill children. Like, yeah. who does that? Like, oh, this is strange. Like, no, no, I'm sorry. Hang on a second. <laughs> this person's accepting of the fact that they're willing to kill their fictional sin characters. Like, they're the thing. But you're like, no, you don't kill them when they're children. That's wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have his, a moral compass. No, uh, yeah, and yours is, yours is fucked compared to his. At least he's just <laughs> able to go, well, they're not real. And then he's fine. You're like, no, 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 no. It's the, here's it's, where we draw the line. Yeah, here's where we draw the line. I killed so many adults for this. I, no, I mean, the way I would look at it is, I'm like the Dexter of the Sims, okay? Because that's... <laughs> their kids, their kids, Sims aren't doing anything bad. It's the... Oh, uh, well, when when you get the, the computer-created Sims and they show up and they're wearing the wrong... <laughs> they're wearing the wrong jumper. They're wearing the wrong jumper. When another Sims walks in wearing the same clothes, you're like, you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I, uh, like, I like when I cry laugh. That's good. It's a fun time. It's a good look. The, yeah. <laughs> the code of 18. It's just... Like, uh, uh, all right. yeah. I'd like to uh, point out, by the way, I don't condone killing anyone in real life, ever. I just like playing the Sims. I, 
I um I play The Sims like I'm the guy who designed the vaults in Fallout. That every single house is a different social experiment. Every single wow. And I'm weird. Continue. Yeah. So everything else, everything has something going on. And uh, I do remember one of them like going in and editing the files to make it me and my brother. And like 100% us made our house, made us, edited the files so our clothing was 100% us. With the idea that my brother would walk in and see me playing. <laughs> but I, like, I play most of The Sims paused because I'm doing stuff. I'm yeah. doing houses, I'm doing things like that. Mm-hmm. And I hit, once I was done, I just hit play. I forgot that there was like a game. And my Sim went to a computer and sat down. And my brother's Sim went downstairs and started eating cereal. And I was just sitting there going... I go downstairs and my brother's eating cereal. I'm gonna be so fucking freaked out right now. A <laughs> show, but the same. Yeah. So he just walks in with a bottle of corn, like, "What's up?" <laughs> Actually, a funny thing to note: like, I cannot play The Sims. I can't call a Sim by a name of someone I know. They cannot look like people I know. It's just so like I don't. Because then you have like, problems killing them if their hair cuts yeah. wrong. It's no. It's like when they. It's like when they try to appeal to killers on the internet, or, or not on the internet, like on TV, and they're like, "Please bring X person home." I'm like, "You can't give them a name because that's weird. <laughs> no, it's weird." This is the it puts the lotion on its skin moment for it. <laughs> um, it's the lotion in the basket. Oh man, I I think in that one where it made me and my brother my Freddie Mercury sim came over and started sleeping with us, and I was like, "It was a bit much actually." What? He started sleeping with us, and I was hey. like, "Ah, okay, this is probably a bit weird." <laughs> The, the, yeah, that's the point that went weird. Yeah. I was like, well, it's pretty weird. He was cheating on me with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> were you at, were you mad at like your brother in real life for this and just like, yeah, not telling him why? You're like, I was like, you slept with my Freddie Mercury. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> not, not, not only like you slept, but with my yeah, Freddie. Yeah, you slept with my Freddie Mercury. You should definitely work this into the best man speech. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, if you don't, we're going to have to storm this wedding but so we can. <laughs> My brother, who once slept with my Freddie Mercury, moving on, and everyone's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he also likes to eat cereal while I play computer, it's fine. But yeah, so that's my game, what's, what's yours? Um, a two. So one of them was, um, they're both kind of very similar setting. Um, a, a fictional American city that's run down and very much, uh, it's basically Detroit. Right. Um, a good... Um, and it's just that the whole there's entire areas that are just abandoned like his entire like mm. um factory areas in Detroit are just abandoned like so that's that type of thing so one of them is Condemned Criminal Origins oh yes so it was a launch title for the Xbox mm. and it was a first person thing and you're like a crime scene investigator who gets <sighs> framed right but you start going mad and you find that there's this thing called The Hate that's like also making all the homeless people in the city mad. That's why they keep attacking you. I did not. So it's basically it's 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 uh it's it's um bum fights, uh, <laughs> the simulator, yeah. essentially. I didn't know that was a crime game. I didn't know you were investigating. I genuinely yeah. thought that was like an Arkham Asylum thing where you're thrown into an asylum and you have to fight your way. No, no, no. It's like at the start. It's so basically you're um, you you find you're this crime scene guy um and you find a scene, and it's quite recent of a of a. It's like a particular killer needs to match the killer or something that's called and you're like, this is a killer that we've been mm-hmm. tracking. And then they smell cigarette smoke and they're like, well, none of us smoke. Holy shit, is, is he still nearby? How recent was he here? And you just go chase him and you end up getting like attacked and drop your gun and another guy picks up the gun and your two other agents come in and he shoots the two agents with your gun and then like basically knocks you out a window. And you come to and it's like, well, your weapon was used to kill these two people Mm. there's no trace of this other guy there so you're trying to clear your own name but at the same time you're trying to track down th- mm. this guy and then you start losing your mind kind of right right so you start like flickering into this uh, let's avoid the Silent Hill references but it's in a, like a, a weirder kind of fucked up version of the world 
where it's like very black and white and there's this weird looking Marlon Manson wannabe bad guy but he's, he's called the hate and he's like he's actually mm. fucking with people and this is why all the homeless people are attacking you it was, it was one of the launch titles for the Xbox it was first person but it was melee so you're actually like first yeah, person yeah, beating yeah. shit mm. out of people it just sounds so as as he said Marlon Manson wannabe I was like oh yeah, um, just Aideen say? just jumped out of her skin. Um, <laughs> the, the other She's like, I'm going to die. Okay. Sorry. Next episode's about puppies, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Why couldn't I have been on the puppy episode? <laughs> <laughs> the, too sad. But yeah, the, 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 like, it's just, it was a, kind of an interesting game in that um, it, it was one of the few games I've played where you're actually. Normally, games are you're at the bad guy, you're the good guy. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like you cut it, the line gets very blurred as the game goes on. Um, the other game which I wanted to mention was Manhunt because someone has to mention Manhunt. Yeah, yeah. And that was a the Rockstar game from two thousand three. The so it was. It's the snuff movie. The game. Yes, but there was a few things in there that I liked. A little there was like it seemed very kind of one dimensional on the surface until I looked at it more. It was like so every character in the game is named after a serial killer. Right. So you play a guy um, whose second name is Cash, who's after serial killer. The guy talking to you, the director, who's voiced by the actor Brian Cox. Is that who it was? Yeah. I remember it being someone doing a, a Jack Nicholson impression. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's Brian <laughs> Cox it Brian in Cox? full Brian Cox mode. Um, and he's named after Nathaniel Starkweather, who was a serial killer. Right, right. Um, Nathaniel Starkweather was one of the influences for... Really hope someone sitting at home think we're talking about the Manchester astronomer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Starkweather was the, the influence for Natural Born Killers. Yes. Um, and Strange Days. Oh, Strange Days. Or the first Terrence Malick film. I can never remember. And the, the Frighteners. Name, but, um, and the Frighteners, yeah, yeah. There was a few of them. Um, but it, it, like, so there was just little things like that. And then like there was the, the XQ thing. But... I just remembered the the thing that stuck in my mind was that game was one of the first to take advantage of the microphones. So it was the, the PlayStation had the headset microphone mm. thing and so the, the Xbox for like when you're playing Halo or whatever online. And you can use the microphone to make noise to draw the attention of stuff in the game. So you used to play it and you never turn it on mute. So you have to be really careful when you're playing that you don't make noise or else the characters in the game will hear it. And it was just this, it added that extra level of this is quite tense. Yeah. You're trying to cough and you're like, <coughs> and you're covering your mouth and then they're like, huh, what's that? And you're like, <laughs> and then, you know, they, so there was a, the, there was a whole aspect to it that I thought was quite interesting. Um, and then there was the whole uproar over it when it came out. Like it was yeah. banned in like seven countries or something stupid like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so, um, still, yeah. no, it's not, it's not still banned, is it? Well, it was never, from Germany still. no, it was never, it was never taken out. I think it's still an offense to own a copy in Australia. Really? Yeah, like ownership what? is a thing. Well, the Australian censorship board for games is ridiculous. It's, okay. It's super draconian. Like, but the the it, it there was a the whole thing where in England a seventeen year old got a kid killed a fourteen year old kid, and then word got out that they found a copy of the game, in the kid's room. I remember that. Yeah. And then there was a whole thing of like, oh my god, like it was obviously this game that influenced it, and computer games are evil. Blah blah. blah. I just like to point out the amount of people that play games. Shut up, Alexa. But like the amount of people who play games and who are entirely normal, like you know, yeah, it's pretty bonkers. Yeah. Oh, well, it, it's ubiquitous. Everyone plays games now. You you can't say a game costs something because like everyone yeah. plays games. Yeah, it's a, and that narrative has kind of disappeared from from the news for the most part. Yeah. Like. So, it, but but it was it, it did cause a big upset at the time, 
and it was it's it was banned. It, no nobody in England would sell it. I think it was banned. But the shops stopped selling it, so all the chains were just like, nope, not yeah. gonna sell it anymore. Um, and the yeah the there was a couple of different things New Zealand and a few others, Germany I don't think it was ever on sale in Germany, but it was just one of those ones that was this weird like definitely worth the mention. Yeah, and again it was the whole thing of you're a serial killer. So how do you make a serial killer? And this comes back to what we were saying in with in with Dexter as well. How do you make a serial killer a sympathetic character? Yeah. You have to put him up against something that's worse. You have to contrast him with something. You put him beside something that goes, this is even worse. Yeah. And I noticed there was actually something recently in the Punisher TV series. Punisher is a guy who goes around blowing people away. Yeah. It's like, okay, how do you make this thing? It's like, well, these are the people who killed his family. It's like, sure, but how do you make them, like, episode on episode of that? It's like, oh, well, there's this other guy running around, like, pipe bombing people. Yeah, and yeah. This. So you have these other yeah. things in there to make him just seem... Just like the lesser of the two evils. So yes. you're just, you're rooting for them. Yeah, so it's... It, 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 I just thought it was... Um, it's kind of the only example of that I can find in gaming, because normally it's just like, you're a lunatic, enjoy being a lunatic, and you're like, yeah, but like... I will. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you will, but at the same time, it's like, like if you bought the game, you probably will, because you just want those kind of ridiculous, cathartic kind yeah. of... The unnecessary catharsis is just like, I want something that, that looks fun. Yeah. Because it's the there's no consequence there's no emotional investment but the fact that they, this thing was like a single player had a story through it and was all about like yeah you're a serial killer but you're the victim here so mm. how do you deal with it so I just thought it was a little bit interesting and obviously the, the various legal uh, kerfuffle yeah, over the thing it was one I was going to mention as well just for that just for the, the stuff that was around it I don't I'm, I always try to figure out with that specific one if they were trying to do that if they were trying to make something that would get banned, something that would kick up a lot of controversy. I think partially because it was Rockstar North, I think partially it was them seeing how far they could push stuff before they risked the GTA series. Because it's like, if we can get away with it in this other game, it doesn't damage GTA, whereas if they had pushed it in GTA and then suddenly were like, mm. people were like, no, no, that's horrible. And it's, and there was a massive backlash. They were like, great. because What was their series? Was it GTA 3? Then Bully, the Manhunter? Manhunter and Bully? Or Manhunter came first as far as I remember. Manhunt came before GTA 3. No, Manhunt came from Bully. Okay. Um, I never liked Bully. Yeah, I just, I didn't think it was a game. Mm-mm. That was just me. But like, but but I think those were partially, it was A, just to do something that wasn't GTA. Yeah. The, you know, the, you know yourself, when you work on a game for so long, you're like, I just need to do something else. I just but need to I, not yeah. be. Yeah. And then, but also I think it was, this allows us to test the water. Yeah. Because the majority of people don't know the publishers of their games. Mm. Like people like, who are heavily invested in game series will know, oh, that's made by 2K or that's made by EA or that's yeah. made by Warner Bros. For the most part, people just know the game. They just know the Exactly. Game. They know yeah. the series. So, they don't notice if a game series suddenly switches developer and they don't notice if it's, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. But, so they could go, yeah, we'll try this and it could get us in trouble, but, fuck it. Like, if it, do, it, it the other thing as well is that there's so many different Rockstar Studios. There's like, there's like three or four of them. They could release it through one, and if that one got in, in, yeah, in trouble, true. they're like, cool, let's close that one down. And everyone else just moves to one of the other studios, and it's like, all right, we'll keep going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just an interesting one. What was yourself, Shani? Uh, I had two that I kind of wanted to compare and contrast. Uh, as far, first of all, for serial killers, every game I play is serial killers. You're constant, you're, or spree killers, whatever one is. Every game you play starts with you murdering something oh, yeah. and continuing to murder your way to the top. Uh, Actually, yeah. Like just for for our listeners, I recently ran an intro, uh, Dungeons Dragons type RPG, the like Pathfinder uh, yeah. game, where Johnny was one of the characters. My first time playing D anD D. Yeah, and it was two of our other friends. It was the first of Kev who'd been on. Uh, it was on episode three and four. 
and our friendly leaders who we've mentioned before. Um, so it was their first role play games, and I created all the characters separately without without like, I'll always do it so that the other players aren't aware of what a person's character is. And Johnny's character, uh, how you put it, was the reverse Dexter. Mm. Rather than be a serial killer playing at being a cop, you're a cop playing at being a serial killer. Yep. Oh my god. And by, and by the end of it, I think you had about seven or eight different body parts randomly stashed about your person. Yeah, I would. I was going through it and I decided that if I was a cop, I decided I was going to be, if you've ever seen Observe and Report, it's not that I, I wasn't a cool guy, I wasn't Batman or Dexter, like no, I wasn't the really, really opposite of a cool guy. Yeah. I wasn't the, the guy, really accomplished guy who's like a black belt and is able to use all these bladed weapons. If you've seen Observe and Report, this is a great moment in it where Seth Rogen's character uh, is like a security guard who wants to be a cop and he has this really introspective moment in the interview to be a cop. He's like, I just have this dream, man. I just have this dream that there's bad guys out there. And I got the biggest fucking gun in the world. And I just blow them all away. And like the person who was interviewing just stares at him and was like, what the fuck? And I was like, to me, that's who I was. I was like, I'm just joining the cops. I'm a really rookie. And I was like, I know I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> so I started in- interrogating people, but like taking their ears and stuff. And then you cut the ear off a dead body. One that you didn't kill. And then when you were talking to another guy, you just took the ear out of your pocket and dropped it on the table. Just like to point out, Johnny's smiling a lot, looking very animated while talking about this. I'm like, interesting, I'm going to die here. Good to know. There's no podcast. <laughs> I knew it. Um, but no, I, like, killing is problem solving in any game. Like, it's, it's not me, it's the way they're built. Like, you still... I, I think in every single game, like, a character will always kill another character. Yeah. In, like, look at Mario. Yeah, like you literally kill everything in your path, but like yeah, they they respawn or whatever, but you kill them, they're gone. Um, Jump off Yoshi and just no, wave at them on the way there. No, like. I can actually think of a game that you uh, an iconic game that you don't kill stuff in. Go on, Sonic the Hedgehog. You're freeing. You're freeing the wildlife because the wildlife is being used yeah. to power the robots. And apparently, in Undertale, you can get through the entire game without killing a bad guy. You can talk your way. I'd kill myself. I don't like that game. I know it's the darling game of all time. It's called Undertale. I, I never got through it, I couldn't finish it, I couldn't keep playing it because it's so bad. It's not badly done, it's just fucking infuriating. Yeah. But I'm so impressed that it's like one dude's voice. It's clearly clearly one dude sat down and said, I'm going to make a game. And I can. it feels like somebody's telling you a really rambling story. Okay. You're kind of playing it going, it's still this dude talking to me through the game. Actually, you're just thinking, the, the Thief games, mm. the hardest level of difficulty actually says don't kill anyone. And I remember when they came out and somebody was talking to one of the designers and they were like, well, why do you have that there? Like, and he's like, the game's called Thief, not Assassin. Yeah. Right. Oh, right, okay. I like it. I never played any of the Hitman games, but I had a friend who just would play the same level over and over and over again, finding every single path. And he did it like a Sudoku. He'd be like, kind of just sitting there going, and now to see if I can kill him with poison. And like, would do the game separately this time. Uh, no, the games I was going to look at was um, Blade Runner from 1997. Nice. Um, okay. It was a point-and-click adventure game, and yeah. it was the first game I got where I really, really felt like it wasn't an action game, it was a crime game. You were going around interviewing people, you were interrogating. It had a really, really nice mechanic for um, uh, examining a crime scene where you were going back through old photos and stuff like that. But because it's the future, everything's 3D. So you're point and click, like you look at a photo and you go, hmm, interesting, rotate. And you can roll through, rotate uh, photos because you can always go to another CCTV. There's always okay. something you can go to. And it was all fully 3D rendered and it had voice actors and music from the the movie um, so it was really really well done really high production value on it um, and it felt really good and it had multiple endings and it felt like the people were reacting to you 
and there are little elements of randomness like the, the next time you play it somebody might not start on the same um, conversation branch somebody might start talking to you something else this time through and people had like belligerent erratic friendly like they had all these emotions you could elicit in them and they could those were all the branches you could go down and while interviewing people you could ask them questions to make them belligerent to try and get them to slip up uh, slip up and um, i slipped up on the word slip up there interesting i think you said uh, slit up slit again up. and yeah. now you're smiling yes yeah, weird, interesting. weird. <laughs> um uh yeah and i've done that for years <laughs> I just haven't killed anyone yet. Uh, so That's what you want. <laughs> he keeps himself busy with art. <laughs> just red pitting slashed on things. Actually, in the back of all of my paintings is a dead person. <laughs> or a dick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's dick's out there. Yeah. But uh, I, it was a really, really entertaining game to play. It was really kind of, had a really good atmosphere. And I want to contrast that immediately with Deadly Premonition. Oh, God. <laughs> which is a game I just got the box set. I did a Kickstarter the board game. Um, so I have that sitting next to me. And it is a game where you are an FBI agent who comes to a small town and you have to investigate a murder of, a, of some local girl. And again, you are going around, you're checking crime scenes, you are inter interrogating the locals. They're very similar, just on surface value. Mm -hmm. It is the most insane game I've ever played. You're an FBI agent who's got an imaginary friend called Zach, uh, who about an hour in, I realized is you, the player, you're Zach. Okay. So sometimes he'll just turn directly to camera and go, what do you think, Zach? And, but it doesn't pause. Other people are walking around the scene looking to see what the fuck he's looking at. And they're like, they're like, what the fuck's this? And he goes, don't ever ask me about my friend Zach. That's between me and Zach. And the other guy's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, and I, 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 I know, I, I realised why recently, because we mentioned, uh, we talked about <clears throat> any permission before, not necessarily yeah. on the show, but just in, in passing. And I realised why you like it so much, because it's essentially Twin Peaks via Monty Python. Yes. Game. It's so good. It yeah. came out exactly the same time as Alan Wake. And I was like, I get two Twin Peaks games? This is amazing. Oh, that sounds actually pretty cool. It's Twin Peaks via Monty Python and Alan Wake is Twin Peaks via Cthulhu. And I'm like, ah, this is it. I'm just going to go home and bathe in this. But um, no, it is the most insane game to the point that I forgot it was a crime game at certain points. By about the second time you're doing a fishing mini game or doing darts yeah. or smoking cigarettes to pass time because both, oh, that, that's it. Both games um, have real time, uh, progress in real time. Okay. So if you spend all your time talking to someone in Blade Runner, you might miss someone else. If you spend all your time investigating one thing, you miss something else. And wow. it takes multiple playthroughs and there are multiple endings. Uh, the same thing happens in Deadly Premonition, but in 100% real time. Okay. If you're playing at 6pm and it's 6pm in game and they go, well, I'll talk to you again at 9pm. You got three hours to wait. You're, you've you actually to, have to wait for three hours. And you can drive around town. You can do all this kind of weird bullshit uh, and I, I said it earlier before we were recording it is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most polarised critical scores it either scores 0 or 100 yeah. I think I'd really like oh, that oh it's so good it's such a fun game because I, I, I love that aspect of games that when you don't actually have to stick to your objective you can yeah. just go off and do whatever you want which is actually why I like GTA yeah. I don't ever follow what you're this, supposed to do on Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, I'm going to steal this car, and I'm going to drive over here, and I'm going to see if I can get into this building, because it's just... But the sandbox games, there's no element of time in them. This one feels more like a box set or something. Okay. Like on day three, something's going to happen. Like mm -hmm. day three, the raincoat killer comes back and is going to murder someone, and you need to do it. Also, no... Like of all killer names, the raincoat killer. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start saying things. It's going to be like two truths and a lie, but there's going to be no lies in here. I'm just going to see if I can keep <laughs> rattling through things. There's a raincoat killer, so there's a slasher. Uh, people can't go out at night if it's raining because they think there might be zombies. Mm -hmm. um, if you go out at night and it's raining, there are zombies and giant dogs. 
Uh, one time I was playing the game, it, the the collision and everything is so bad. It's a really scary game to play because uh, never mind, I won't. Like the it. controls are so bad that you can't get away from shit, and the zombies teleport towards you every few steps. Like they just disappear in a black haze and then appear close to you. Because I guess they couldn't really animate them running or whatever. Like it feels like the combat's... They have walks, walk cycle animations. They've never run cycle animations. So it's, it walks awesome. a bit, teleports, walks yeah, a bit, teleports. teleports, walks a bit. And your controls... The best weapon in the game is a shovel because it's a one-hit kill. But it only has three uh, hits before it disintegrates. So to get past a certain level where I have to go through a tower of bad guys, I just stocked up on shovels. I spent my entire day doing jobs to get money to buy 600 shovels to get through this bit. Where I could just rattle through all the zombies. The thing I got for that was an Uzi with unlimited ammo, which completely broke the game. Then, like that was it. I was done with the game now. But yeah. I still had to go and do all the detective stuff. Um, Jesus, it's one of the most broken games I've ever played. As soon as you said zombie, I was like, no, I'm out. Like, as Dave knows, my biggest fear, like ever, is zombies. I cannot. They're they're it's dead cannibals. Serial killers, man. They're yeah. dead cannibals. Like you, you can't kill them again they're already dead. like oh it's just it's horrifying <laughs> i tried cannot die i tried to watch the walking dead before like literally ended up crying i was like no yeah. I, I can't i can't handle this i, I did that too but it was because i was like fucking boring <laughs> <laughs> like i right. can't i can't watch sean of the dead by myself oh and that's a comment like i'm just like no can't no it's just, oh it's so Quite creepy gro- gory comedy though that's it the is. thing like i love dylan moran in it though yes I don't see the point of holding a car <laughs> Like he just is such a shitty guy. He's just such an asshole. Like, but you can't help but like him. Like, yeah. Oh. He's touching his glasses and shit. Oh. Yeah. Um, I I think genuinely do think though the um the Blade Runner point and click noirish beautiful game with all of its production value and Deadly Premonition are two uh, of the kind of contenders for games as art, where one of them is so polished and perfect and they really want to tell you a story but they kind of want to let you it's not I've played games before where they just want to make a movie they just the narrative is linear you just have to do all the right bits at the right time the Blade Runner the Uncharted series yes fucking hate Uncharted and they they really 10 hour film with the press of button (laughs) Um, sorry (laughs) the the Blade Runner they really want you to be involved they want to be directed they want you to solve the problems and if you can't solve it one way maybe you can solve it another way maybe you can interrogate someone maybe you can do this Um, Deadly Premonition is exactly what it's supposed to be. Like the guy who made it, uh, the the guy who directed it, I'll say, um, or produced it, he was asked <laughs> if there was anything he would change in it because it's such a weird thing. And he's like, eh, I wanted the dude to be able to ride a bike as well. Like, that's it? That's all you would change? This fucking mess? This hot mess of a game? He was like, I kind of want to see him ride a bike. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was wrong. Uh, it is the messiest game so, I've ever played. Out of curiosity, you were saying you can't go out at nighttime because there's zombies. Can you choose to stay indoors? Yes, you have to. Stay. You can sleep to pass time, and you so can smoke you, cigarettes to pass time. If you wanted to, could you actively not encounter a zombie at all? Yes. Oh, then I might play it. Okay. It. Uh, but the problem is, you forget that. And there was genuinely a moment. One of my favorite stories of the game is where I was out driving around doing the town, and I had to go talk to someone in a diner yeah. at nine pm. I had to talk to a, a man in a gas mask in a wheelchair who was there to pick up a sandwich made of jam and cornflakes. That is 100% true. That's It's called a sinner sandwich. I like how that's stuck with you. And you yeah. know what, you're just like, yeah, oh, this. He, this game is... There's a dude who's trying to punish himself. It's so not he, memorable. He, he owned, and the music is incredible. It's so bad. Everything in it is so bad. You can, you can get premonitions by drinking coffee, because again, it's a Twin Peaks reference, I guess. Uh, and the music is the most jarring. It's either surfer music, like, mm-hmm. all doing, 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 or this whistling, twee, melodramatic kind of uh, uh, 
God, it's so bad. There was a bit where I was out it's doing... It's so bad, it's good. Yeah, mm. I was doing stuff and uh, it started raining and I realised it was getting dark and I freaked out because I was like, oh shit, i got to go back to the hotel in real time because it's night time now and it's raining. So I started driving and then a zombie dog started chasing my car and I swear it glitched because I don't think it's supposed to do that. But he became three times the size this big giant dog was chasing my car and I knew that if I hit like a palm tree or something, my car would come to a dead stop because the collision is so bad. Yeah. Uh, so I had to stay on the roads and I was frantically trying to check my map to find a bed anywhere to pass time. And I had to drive into a barn that I knew had a bed in it uh, because all the, everyone locks their doors at night when it starts raining. Yeah. You can't get into houses. So you just got to survive the night. So I had to drive and I could hear a dog panting and I was like hoping to God I could get through the fence, smash the fence. I was like, oh, thank fuck for that jump out of the car, run to the barn, jump into bed as this dog's eyes show up the thing. Time passes and you wake up in the morning and like everything's back to normal. I was like, now I can continue my detective game. <laughs> it's the most crazy fucking thing. So that's that's how you played it. If I was playing that game, my TV would be broken and I would be really, <laughs> I'd be on the phone to Nate going, oh my God, this zombie dog is trying yeah. to eat. No, no, God. Ridiculous. That's terrifying. Um, I, cool. I, I, think you, I think we should get you to play it and we'll film Just record it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Just the yeah. Um, I remember, like, do you remember when you started telling me about the Evil Dead, and I was like, no, 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 stop, 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 yeah. no, no, stop, like, oh no, I just can't. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, that's everything I think. Cool. Uh, for homework, uh, we're gonna share the seven recut trailers and any other recut trailers. This is Doubtfire. I think that's gonna be fun. Um, I've got a, a note here that I'm gonna I need to watch Rushman or the English title Ghost Samurai Attorney at Law. <laughs> so that'll be a fun one. And uh, I've written just a little note for myself. Ice-T is the world's greatest cop. Yes, yes. he is. Yes, he is. I'll happily end on that. Our crime episode is Ice-T is the world's greatest cop. Definitely. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thanks. That's our show. Big thanks to Aideen for joining us. Remember to check us out at Dystropia on Facebook and Twitter where we post up pop culture musings and our own patented brand of non-factual opinions. Thanks for listening and have fun.